the Star Wars Power of the Force Collection. Darth Vader leads an evil empire towards universal domination. Join a brave rebellion with Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and Chewbacca, and Jedi Obi-Wan Kenobi. Can you stop the empire? Star Wars Power of the Force Collection from Kenner. Will you get on with it? Okay, okay. Welcome to Galaxy of Toys Podcast, a discussion about Star Wars toys. You're listening to episode number 103. Someone recently messaged me about what music is playing, and I don't think we ever mentioned it. It's Jefferson. Unbelievable. If someone messages you about what's playing, yeah. tell them I got, to unsubscribe. I got that recently. It, it happens occasionally. You're like, what is that song? Or, or, or either, what is that song? Or please change it to a different song. <laughs> it's not my show, Jason. It's, Defer- it's Jefferson Starship from the holiday special. It's all on YouTube. You know, I think when we started the show, I was like, what song is that? I didn't know. And then we were watching the... Uh, the holiday special one year, and I was like, oh, that's it. That's, that's the, the Finally had the epiphany, huh? The Good 40. Yeah, like, Good is. for you, Ryan. I know that one. That's fantastic. Ooh, I always thought the Get On With It was like from a Monty Python skit. Well, yeah. It yeah. is. It is. Oh, they stole God. it. They stole God. it. It is from them. They kind of stole it, Jason, I think. Let's just, let, it's just you and me. Let's just do the show <laughs> from now on. The, the song's Rocky. called Light the Sky on Fire. The B-side, it came out on 45. The B-side is called Hyperdrive. It was the only officially licensed merchandise of the time that said Holiday Special on it. The 45 does? It's a great, yeah. It's a cool yeah. Song. So the 45 does. Yeah. By itself, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good song. Yeah. So. If, even if it wasn't associated with the Holiday Special. And I'm not going to change the song if you don't like it. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it goes on forever. Or does it? And also, it's only been a, almost a decade. So. <laughs> I know. The I don't, best I, is on the riff track version of the holiday special, rap. and they, they mm-hmm. think it's like this guy on fire. If uh, if <laughs> Je- <laughs> the only way I would change the song is if either Lucasfilm or Jefferson Starship sent me a cease and desist letter, then I would frame it and then I'd switch songs. Right. That's <laughs> the, the only way. Though. Billions of dollars you've made off this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this, this episode is sponsored by no one. And I don't is Jefferson Starship even a band anymore? Because they, no, they they went from Jefferson not. Airplane to Jefferson Starship to just Starship. And then this city. And then I think yeah. they did a reunion as Jefferson Airplane after that. And then I think it's back to Starship. I don't know. The amount of celebrities that we've lost over the last couple of years, I couldn't tell you if they're still on the planet, though. Well, Grace... Well, Grace Slick doesn't sing on this song, but she's still around. I don't know. Yeah, she didn't appear in the holiday special. No, she was... She read the script and said, Sorry, guys, I'm, gonna <laughs> su- I'm not going to be on this one. You know who would have been great according, on the According to Wikipedia, uh, they're still active as Starship. Okay, so we could still get a cease and desist letter. It's possible. Coming to a casino near you. Dolly Parton <laughs> would have been great on the holiday special, don't you think? Oh, instead of B. Arthur? That role? Oof. Yeah, that would have been steamy. 
I mean, I like B. Arthur, but come on. We're off the rails already. It doesn't take long. All right. Awesome. Jason hasn't even introduced anyone yet. She didn't have a show on CBS. All those people had shows on CBS. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Hell, if we were in the 70s, How uh, come Jason, Lou would a, wasn't? Jason would have a variety show by now. How come they didn't get Lou Ferrigno on, on that on thing? He got preempted for it. Yeah. All right. Where were we? My name's Jason. Joining me tonight from IGrewUpStarWars.com, OT Curmudgeon, Tom Burgess. Hello, Tom. Well, it's pretty obvious that I'm on the show today. Hi. Also joining us from Vintage to Modern, Bendems to the Black Series, he collects them all, Mr. Bizey on YouTube, our good friend Ryan, hello Ryan. Hey, good to be here to talk some uh, 1995 goodness here. Love you, Muffin. Oh, it's good to hear from you, Cupcake. Thank you. Also joining in from This Week in Star Wars, Matt Fox. Hey, everybody. Great to be back and, like, you know, move on into the modern era of figures that are only 25 years old. Modern. I felt your air quotes when you said that. <laughs> and Emperor's Royal Guard, Collector Extraordinaire. We used to be neighbors. We had a falling out. <laughs> and you had to move to Michigan. He lives by Jake now. Right? You live by Jake? Poor guy. Poor, yeah, poor guy. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not far. Chris really? Moorhead. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. Just south of, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Yeah, no, um, good to be on the show. Uh, can't say I have a lot of nostalgia for for tonight's episode, but I will be honest in my opinions. And last but not least, from from com. And sadly, formerly the Sandcrawler podcast. Yes, unfortunately, the the towel has been thrown in on that show. There, uh, the, the collecting spirit, unfortunately, has died in this pre in this pre order COVID era of collecting, and so we will remember them fondly. Mike Tarkin, Mike McDonald's still active. Go follow him as at Mike Tarkin. He's out there working in a Star Wars room and posting lots of good content. So, mm-hmm. And Dengar Dan. And Dengar. I think he's uh, off the social medias, so he might really? be harder to follow. Yeah. All right. Wow. All right. Good choice, I would say. <laughs> Some of us aren't that strong. Oh. I'm Jake Stevens. I All right, think we Jake. Said <laughs> but in this Jake episode, Stevens. I want to be... I want to be referred to as half circle monkey faced Jake one point zero one. There you go. Are you a short tray or a long tray? Oh God! Don't I, go oh yeah, no, no, definitely a short tray. Definitely a short tray. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jakey. All right, let's Put start the show up. the way we always For- do. What did you pick up recently, Tom? What have you picked up recently? Uh, nothing Star Wars at all. Nothing. Nothing. I'm looking around and, and I, there's nothing new. What are you collecting now? Bigfoot? Nothing. 
Nothing? You don't collect. You don't build anything. What are you what doing? What about your R2? Time? How's your R2 doing? Uh, that's sitting in at the other house. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that, that's that been – I haven't touched that in years. It's a COVID project, sounds like to me. I know. It could be a perfect COVID project, but it's not. Yeah, you'd have to stop being lazy or something, right? I'd actually have to re-inventory what I got, and <laughs> I, I could probably get a pretty good start on it if I really wanted to, but I don't know. I'll be dead, and that thing will be sitting in a, in the room there. And God, well, I, we hope, were I, hope, I hope it goes to a good good owner. Can you like sad, have Tom. your head put in it, like buried, just your head in it or something? <laughs> that, well, I was going to donate my head that? to Ryan. <laughs> Sweet, I was one of the Tom head. Yeah, well, there's only one. Uh, yeah. After all the action figure heads you've bitten off over the years, fitting. That's only been two. <laughs> only two, okay. Only two. Speaking of, Tom, uh, are you uh, thinking about heading to Anaheim for celebration? I, You know what? I have not formally followed any of this stuff. If, if I happen to just kind of fall back into it. <laughs> I would, but I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. When you well, know, yeah, I am so out of it, Jake. I don't even know when or where celebration is this year. Where is it? <laughs> is it in Anaheim? At the Anaheim? Is it it's Anaheim? Memorial when? Come on, man. When is it? <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. Oh, perfect. Yeah. No, it <sighs> actually is really good for us teachers because uh, we come with those days off anyway. So. That's uh, that's. <laughs> you nice. got a better gig than me. Well, <laughs> oh, we have a four-day weekend. You don't. We have, I get Monday off, but that's oh, yeah. after the yeah. show. Yeah, we have a four-day so, weekend that week too, but that's that's just we use one of those days if we need a snow makeup day, and we've already had a snow day, so that'll eliminate so, that. So, do you have tickets and and hotel and all that other crap then, Jake? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I just got a, I actually just huh. purchased the Disney's doing another night event. Remember when we went down in Orlando? Yeah, yeah, they're doing another night event. Uh, at the, the park, least convenient so. night possible. Right. Having a second so who, kid torpedoed all my celebration. So uh, who's all going? Who's all going cool. in this group to, to celebration, by the way? No, I'm going. Okay. Chris, Chris, Matt you and I, I think. Matt, are you going? Yeah, I'm going. Jake? Yep. Ryan? Nope. All right. So we're 50-50. I'm most likely not going. <laughs> 50% of us are going. It's too close yeah. to my Japan trip. I, I can't do that to my wife by taking two trips that quickly. So, mm-hmm. Japan will be fun, though. I yeah. pretty much hit on all my brethren fellow collectors, so I pretty <laughs> much can't show my face anyway. So, hmm? got to hell all you, you guys. Could, you could go as a stormtrooper, and no one would see <laughs> yeah. your face. There you go. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's going to happen. I think, I think I've officially retired from celebrations. They haven't uh, put tickets back up yet, you know? And so oh, really? this, this, this Tom, celebration was supposed to happen in 2019. Haven't, Tom, hasn't anybody started hitting you up? Haven't, hasn't everybody started hitting you up for buttons yet to start making buttons? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I moved, I had so many, so much of that stuff, I just gave it away. Actually, yeah. I was I was sneaky, and I turned it into, like, a giveaway and got rid mm, of a lot of it. Nice. Awesome. So I just I have, mailed it to people. I have, like, a huge box of just buttons it's just, one of these it's days so, i'm gonna go through it the thing is it's so I, fun I when you're like at, so fun at celebration I, but when you get back it's like mm-hmm. what what am i gonna do with all this stuff 
Yeah. I got like a clear container and I just dumped all the buttons in there so that you can kind of see them and they're <laughs> kind of on display, but yeah. Yeah, I did the same thing. I did a mass purge the other day. Um, uh, what I did is I looked through all my celebration swag for the years. So unless you were a friend of mine and I knew you and you created something, I would keep that. And then otherwise, I only kept action figure related swag. So anything that was a random, Which you is know, like all of it. Well, there was a lot of it. Yeah, no. Yeah. But let me tell you, local toy shops eat that stuff up like crazy. They really? flip buttons so much around no here. Oh, yeah. They all want them. They all want swag buttons because they, they put them on their own backing cards and sell them for a couple bucks a piece. Or they'll, you know, hang them up on uh, like uh, blankets on the wall and they'll pin them up there and say every pin's a dollar. I mean, oh, yeah. They, wow. they eat them up. Huh. So it's always it's yeah. always it's easy to get rid of those. Enough of that around. <laughs> I've still got some uh, Galaxy of Toys postcards hanging out here. If anybody yes. wants one, yeah, message I me. A, I got rid of a lot of that stuff too. <laughs> Last couple were fun though, but it, that swag is getting out of hand. That's it's bullshit. Yeah, I would I would I say I've the Chicago crazy, one. Yeah. The Chicago one was my least favorite in of modern celebrations just because the lottery process makes it a whole lot harder to have a enjoyable con, especially if you don't win any of the lottos. So, you know, I that's, go there and see the That's the modern convention, though, Jake. That's the modern convention now. Well, that's the Reed Pop modern convention, yeah. And I'm just... I've seen that. it in San Diego, too, so... Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. But is what it is. Ryan, what did you pick up recently? Uh, too much stuff. Um, uh, probably the coolest thing I got. Well, actually, two cool things. I got a um, uh, another prototype. Um, it is a Luke Jedi again. This one's actually articulated. It's 3D printed, and it was again one of those deals from like about 2010 that Hasbro was researching ways to put together. Um, uh, less articulated figures and so they did a couple like proof of concept so it's not like a prototype of an actual figure that came out but it was like a mock-up internally to use and so it's a it's a little different sculpt from the previous one i have and it is articulated and everything it's pretty cool i'll get pictures up on the page but uh uh i got that for pretty dang cheap too i was impressed um probably the coolest thing i got that was i got i bought a 3d printer a resin 3d printer and I've been printing my butt off. I, I've gone through like four bottles of resin now. Um, and now I just found a print for the uh, for the spoiler, the new Razor Crest, if you will, from the Mandalorian that I can print out. So I might be printing one of those here very shortly. But I printed out most everything that they did for uh, uh, like a Desert Octopus did for um, uh, Star Wars Visions. He did a lot of stuff for the the Samurai. Ep- the first episode was I can't remember what the name of the first episode was, but. I printed most of the figures for that and some Mandalorian stuff and just tons of stuff. I have I printed up too much. Like I'm way behind on my painting. But for beyond lack, that, for lack of a better description, how is the resolution on that printing now? Oh, fantastic! It oh, is really? So cool. Yes. Well, I, I, the, I have a resin printer, and the resin prints it doesn't have like all the lines in it like mm-hmm. you see like yeah. with the PLA stuff. And oh, um, like nice. it's amazing. Like the the quality I get off of stuff is is really good. Wow, that's great. Yeah, uh, it's fun. I like um, your dark helmet. It was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was fun to do. Um, I got the Disney um, Boba Fett jetpack. It's like, I want to say maybe half to three-quarter scale on it. It's like made more for a kid. 
but I'm a kid at heart after all. But it makes lots of noises. It will fire the rocket off the top. You can wear it, of course. And it's based on Book of Boba Fett, which I seem to be going on a, on a thing here because I also got the rearmored Boba Fett helmet, the Black Series one, which I wasn't going to get it. And then I saw it and I had a little extra money on like my Disney account. And I was like, ah, okay, what the heck? Um, and I got a Book of Boba Fett um, uh, hoodie as well. The uh, found one of those on Disney. Uh, action figure wise, the Black Series um, Disney droid set with like the K2 and the pit droid and Babu Frick and all that. Um, the credit collection quill. I don't think I've gotten much of oh, vintage collection unless the the Rebel Troopers came since uh, last time. But uh, hasn't been much vintage coming out. But uh, I'll just leave it at that. There's probably lots of other stuff, but too much. <laughs> Matt, what did you pick up recently? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know what I picked up since the last. I mean, I, I guess the credit collection, the the quill and all all of them. There's four, right? I've got all four. Um, there's there's five, Matt. There's five. What's the fifth one that I don't have? Uh, did Who's you get Moff Gideon? Moff Gideon, did you get him? From Best Buy? Yeah. Yeah, I got him. So there's, there's Mando, Armor, Moff Gideon. Which Quill. is the one from uh, Amazon. Uh, I, I'm looking at Quill. all five. That was Quill. Yeah, Quill was Amazon. Um, shoot. Maybe it's Mando. Oh, it's Maybe Carga. that's the one I don't Greece have. Carga. So, whatever. I got four out of the five of those. Um, you can tell how much I like that line. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I got the Black Series Ray... Ray Skywalker, uh, lightsaber from Rise of Skywalker, the Black Series version, um, which is nice, very nice. Those are always consistently nice. Um, but I think that's about it. I mean, you know, it's things are beginning to slow up. I'm waiting for a lot of pre-orders. Uh, Target and Walmart have a lot of my uh, money on hold, but nothing seems to ship. That including me. my vintage collection book, although I I know all of you guys got it. Um, I'm still waiting for mine. You got uh, the slip cover on yours, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. That is too bad. I, I was re- I, I regretted not book. getting the slip cover, and now I'm okay that I didn't. <laughs> guys, I I actually now that I think about it, sorry to cut anybody off. I I pre-ordered the Stan Solo Bantha. Oh, sweet. Did you get yeah. it? Yeah. No, I've, I've that got thing one looks coming. nice. I don't, know, I don't know when that that's going to come, but my god, that looks so Oh, awesome. I know it's got the trap door and all that, right? It's uh yeah, yeah, it's 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 pricey though. It's almost 200 bucks, but it's wow. going to be worth it. Yeah. It looks cool. Nice. I I saw photos of it online. I It's yeah. tempting. It's so tempting. It is. It's nice. I've 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 dabbled a little bit in some of these um some of these custom figures and they look really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you see that cut? He did like a custom slave Leia. I want that one. Uh, I did, I, think I did the, uh, I did the rebel troopers and then this, the sand troopers mm-hmm. and then this Bantha and that's, that's about it. But mm-hmm. my God, you stick into they, a new hope star Wars stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They look, they look amazing. Yeah. I did. They, they do droids and all that stuff, but I just, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. If you get that Bantha, what you thought. Of. Yeah. I'll, I'll post it. I'll post yeah. it. Cool. Yeah. 
Matt, going back to what you just said about buying the credit collection, we got a, a I typically don't read emails from listeners on the on the air, and I'm not going to read the whole one, but Joel Fletcher from New Zealand sent us a really nice email, very complimentary of the show, and he's been collecting since 1995, so he'll probably enjoy some of what we're talking about tonight, but he said, uh, one thing that stands out to me listening to your show is the absurdity of being a completist collector. So often it sounds like you guys buy stuff you don't even want or like. I like that everyone collects differently and enjoys different aspects of the hobby. I think it would be interesting if there was a discussion about collecting habits or the mentality behind what drives it. So It's called an addiction. That's we will table is. that for another show. but That would be a good show. That would be a good show. It's so, a mental P- health. P.S. Why is Tom on the show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, thanks for listening all the way in New Zealand. He's in New Zealand? Yeah. Well, it's He sent us a really nice email, really complimentary. Well, it's also easy not to be a completist in New Zealand because mm-hmm. Hasbro sends half the product down there. They don't even get half the stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's a uh, yeah, we we obviously even though we don't like the prices and we can have a whole nother show on the history of pricing and how it's been mm-hmm. the increases have just been too exponential. Um, you know, uh we are lucky though at least we are in America and you know, we 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 get the things that uh for uh, the cheapest amount of, you know, yeah. money compared to the rest of the world. About a month ago, I was in Iceland. Did you guys see that post that I posted with the, all the figures at just some random store in Iceland? No. I didn't I've never seen your post from Iceland. I don't remember that picture. It though. was insane. It was like there are tons of figures. Did I you go to filming locations? I don't know. How, what's for, that? What, what, you were just for fun in Iceland? Yeah. Fun. Okay. Yeah. Go to I Grew Up Star Wars and search like Iceland, and it, it'll have a – I don't know how I, – I have to admit I've been out of collecting, obviously, but – No, I, I saw it, and I thought, yeah, those are probably all like 50 bucks each. Yeah, but still, there was a ton of figures. Were they vintage or modern? They were modern figures. Ugh. Carded or loose? Car- no, there was a store. It was carded. Yeah, it was <laughs> carded. There were brand-new okay. figures. Did you buy any? No. No. What, the, what am I going to do with that shit? <laughs> <laughs> Put it under your bed with the rest of your <laughs> with all my other monkey lands. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's amazing. I don't know if it, someone go look and tell me if that was if there's anything worth it there. They had Masters of the Universe. They had the Marvel figures. Chris, what have you picked up recently? Uh, so I got the uh, archive book like everyone else. Um, I'm slowly working my way through it. I'm I like the multi-pack section, so I'm just kind of reading through a few pages a day, enjoying that. A uh, little too much marketing talk. I, when I hear that um, that phrase, um, expression, it just makes my bo- blood boil. It just, it's so corporate marketing talk. It just drives me, really drives me nuts, uh, and it just kind of annoys me that it's in there. Um, but on that, it's a fantastic book. I, I really enjoy it. Um, also picked up, um, well, my pre-orders for the Echo Base Trooper, um, Quill and Bo-Katan and the Rebel Trooper 4-pack, of which all those have been fantastic figures. I, I don't remember if I got the Lobot before or after the last episode, but I, I, find, I found one of those at retail. 
um, probably before the last show because nothing's shown up at retail, at least not in my area. In a long do you like? Time. Do you, what do you think of that Lobot figure? It looks pretty good. I haven't popped so? him out because I only have one so far. I'm waiting for my pre-order to come to actually have one to open. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I mean, it does have more joints than the last one did. But you're going to be able to get a lot more posing out of it. The head sculpt looks much better. Yeah, the head sculpt's better. That, that I hate that that uh, chest cut though. I just I do not. I, like I don't that. like chest articulation. You know, I, I I love me some good articulated figures, but. That chest joint mm-hmm. rarely looks good on figures, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't add anything more than a, a swivel waist would give you. So, no. yeah. and you can hide a swivel waist at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've picked up. Not much. Jake, what oh. about you? What do you picked all up right, recently? Well, I think uh, we recorded right when I came back. I mean, I think I, the day of I came back from. Uh, when the boy and I went to Galaxy's Edge. So I'll skip over all that stuff. Um, but since then, I have completed the Mystery Box uh, uh, Droid Factory set that uh, was showing up um, in Walt Disney World for the uh, Disney Droid Factory uh, Builder Droid line. Um, it wasn't cheap, uh, <laughs> but I was able to get all six droids, um, which is exciting because I can add them to the database. I need to update the database, but I have everything that's out currently since they kind of had a bunch of stuff dropped. Did you here. have to build those like last time? No, these are now blind boxed, Tom. Like oh. you don't know which one you're getting, and they're oh, 15 oh, bucks a piece. Geez, God, I hate so those. So you, I have, I, I uh, one of our friends, big droid uh, collector online, Chuck. He went and bought like uh, 10 of them. He only got two droids. They were all tubes. Ugh. So, can you imagine? Um, are those done now, or are they... Huh. Well, as far as we know, I mean... Yeah, and they the, dried up. The, the, yeah, these weren't announced. I, I, I saw a post that they're now at Disneyland, and I have a buddy going this weekend, so I might have him grab me a couple more just to have. Because who knows? I mean, there was no word on these. There was no official announcement. You can't get them online other than eBay. So, um, yeah, ugly, ugly collectible. Great droids, but, yeah, not fun to collect. Um, so I picked up that whole wave. Um, I don't think last time we talked, I didn't have the Mandalorian four-pack yet, but now I have a couple of them, so I, I'm good on that. I have um, <clears throat> I have now um, got four, like Chris said, four of the six of the new wave. Um, I'm still missing uh, of the vintage collection. I'm still missing my Lobot and my Bib Fortuna, but I have the other four. Um, yeah, Bibs don't seem to be shipping. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, because um, I all I ordered them. <laughs> I didn't. I uh, I ordered most of mine from Amazon. It's funny. I got a I got a you know the little skinny shipping boxes that Amazon has. Boxes mint. Mint is gonna be. I haven't posted this video yet. There's no dings, dents, anything in this. I open this box. And I pull out the most mangled, crumpled figure that was so crumpled, the blister was cracked in multiple places. It was just like, so it had to have been like that before it even went in the box because the box didn't do this damage. So wasn't too impressed there. Um, And that one came from Amazon. Uh, I was lucky enough from Hasbro to send me a bring home the bounty box. This was a box that actually I think I was supposed to get because they solicited it. Uh, to us who are on the uh, you know the um, fan media site 
list uh, back in early December, but it never shipped and never shipped and never shipped. And then it showed up kind of mid-January. Um, and so um, that was really cool. I was able to get some of the credit collection there, the six inch. I was able to get the another mission series uh, Razor Crest. I got some of the new uh, Sabres. I got Jason's, uh, you know, well-loved Galactic Snack in Grogu, which, you know, actually it was pretty fun to play with. I mean, it does a lot of different things when you put it in his hand. But Does it snack? I mean, yes, of course. But Can he eat any of the food it comes with? It's a great price, but can he I eat any of the it, food it comes with that they that well, snacking on? Well, he makes on? the sound. So every everything that he uh, you put in his hand, there's a little chip that registers, and so he does different things with that thing in his hand. Does Except he physically eat it. ingest it? No, no. But it doesn't even go in his mouth, right? Well, it's it goes weird. Up to the mouth. It's creepy. It's very it's very akin to uh, remember the what Yoda that about? came out in uh, the Galactic, Galactic Snack in uh, Grogu. Grogu. Um, do you remember the talking Yoda that came out circa what 2002? The one where the, the, the eyes the all latex, yeah. The, yeah, one the that, eyes all the the plastic and latex yeah. did like two years. Yeah, Furby Yoda? yeah. No, it, not the Furby Yoda. Uh, of course, ask the, me the Yoda or something little, like that. Oh, that yeah. one. Okay. Had the little saber with it where you can kind of. Um, it's very akin to that, you know. You hold the mm-hmm. things near it, and it'll you know do different motions and say different things. Um. But, uh, of course, the most significant thing that came from that uh, Bring Home the Bounty box from Hasbro was the fact that uh, I was able to get a a six-inch Muddy Mando and Grogu, uh, you know, the Arvella 7 Target exclusive, which only just this past week blipped up online for 40 seconds, you know. So that's been a super, super rough one for people to track down. Yeah. that's and the still, only one I never got pre-ordered. Right? No, I it never went up. I never pre-ordered it either, it, but I ordered it, and it's now shipped. It's it crazy. never went up for pre-order. It yeah, went up, never pre-ordered. It, yeah. it never put it up for pre-order. This week, it's popped up a couple times. I think Jason, I wasn't sure if Jason was joining us tonight or not. Um, he's had it in his cart nine times, and it's bounced out of his cart. So this thing is uber elusive still. I, I learned the secret on that one is that you have to mark it as a favorite and then say notify me when more are in stock. And then mm-hmm. as soon as like like Target will send you a notification through the app saying it's in stock, and you have to like hit that that alert immediately and go there, and you might be able to get it in your cart. I think it was about the fifth or sixth time I had that happen. I finally got it, but it, it's not easy now. No, it's not a fun one. But hopefully, hopefully they'll make their ways to Targets and they'll peg warm, and everyone who wants one will get one. Um. Let's see. I got the I got the trooper set that Chris mentioned as well. The um, the Rebel Fleet trooper. Mm. Um, and I think Star Wars wise, that's it. I just recently picked up the Walgreens exclusive Red Alert Transformer, and I got from Hasbro Pulse. Wrong I got podcast, the, uh, Joe. I know. Well, here's also the wrong podcast. Hopefully not for long though. I got the uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes O-ring reissue two-pack from Oh, Miner's Miner going to show up tomorrow. Well, here's the complaint I have. <laughs> oh, I also got that. Here's got the complaint too, yeah. I have. These cards feel almost thinner yeah. than the first version of the uh, retro yeah. collection. Remember That's those flimsy ass claps? That's too bad. 
cards. Mine were kind of like wobbly in the package. The, like yeah. they're protected. From the photos online, I've seen the paint app on Storm Shadow's face is not correct either. It kind of bugs me. Correct they or paint, good? They didn't. No, they didn't paint his eye, his eyelashes like on the vintage figure. Mm. Just put a dot yeah. for his pupil. Yeah, I kind of have a line and a dot, but not lashes. Yeah, you got the um, eyebrows, but yeah. I got the eyebrows, yeah. But just not the um, eyelashes. The other complaint I have, of course, is the um, <laughs> the the file card is way too big. It's got one, two, three, four, five languages on it. Um, yeah, so so I mean, there's some nitpicks, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm here to support O-ring being back in action with my Sky Striker firmly pre-ordered. So. All right. For me, I got the uh, the the Rebel Trooper Vintage Collection building. What was it called? Trooper pack? I don't even know what it's called. They look nice though. And then I did, like you guys, get the uh, Star Wars Vintage Collection Archive Edition book from Blue Milk by Rich Alot, D. Martin Maya, and Daryl DePriest. It's an excellent book. If you collect modern Star Wars figures, you need to get this book. It's really, really good. Next. We've gone through all the vintage stuff. We went, we covered the the awkward time between, but we are back to Kenner making action figures. The year is 1995. Late summer, new figures started rolling out. The first assortment was an assortment of nine figures. There was Stormtrooper, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, R2-D2, Ben, Obi-Wan Kenobi, C-3PO, and Princess Leia, all based on their A New Hope appearances. This was the first time Kenner had made Star Wars figures in over 10 years. Um, and followed up shortly after these released, there was a mail-away also, uh, Han Solo and Stormtrooper Disguise, which uh, started ship started shipping in November of 95. The rest of these figures came out roughly August to September. A magical time. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on these figures, your, your initial thoughts? Uh, I think I didn't we uh, you sent me something earlier it was the, the the first sneak peek was mm-hmm. from uh, the uh, Star Wars Insider, right? The Jawa. One uh, of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, I was so excited. I, <laughs> I was so beside myself. I didn't. The thing is, you know, you, this was kind of pre-internet, obviously, and th- we didn't know exactly when they were going to hit. But when they hit, I mean, I hit every – when they hit, I hit every store looking for them. I can't tell you what my first figure was, but I think it was, you know, it was – I don't know. I was I was beside myself. I I, I, I liked them, and, and then I went to um, – like we said earlier, uh, I saw the Luke. I think Luke was the one I, I went, oh, this is kind of weird because they had the – overly muscular body mm-hmm. and, and i don't those... think i saw the the princess leia until later yeah that one seemed later. to be one she that... yeah she did not ship initially and yeah. i don't even think c-3po shipped initially no either. 3PO wasn't uh, the c-3po initial. was the last one was yeah. he 
Did three yeah. PO and and Leia ship together, or did it? No, it went Leia then three PO. Yeah, yeah, I think they were staggered, if I remember and correctly. If you look at the uh, the figures, the the back of the packaging shows uh, Stormtrooper, uh, the first wave before Leia and three PO had shipped. It showed Stormtrooper, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. Chewbacca, R2-D2, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, and C-3PO. So it didn't even show Leia on the packaging initially. I don't know if they were... Leia is only shown on the packaging for Leia. Yeah, okay. So something held her up, you know. Yeah. They were trying to get the, the likeness better. Her head. Her head. <laughs> um, and these, for, for people who are not familiar with The Power of the Force 2 from 1995, these figures are extremely beefed up. Like they are muscular and they, they are a correct, accurate product of their time. Yes, yes. definitely. Yeah. People people definitely I mean, of course we'll talk about the you know, the the um you know, the man, I can't think of it. What do you call when uh the stereotype or the you know, the reputation that these figures have. Um but when you look at their counterparts from Kenner, from Playmates, from Toy Biz, from every toy line in the mid-90s, it was all about how we can make our action figures like look like Hulk Hogan, right? It was definitely, I mean, Antonio Ben. this is my favorite example, you know, Antonio <laughs> Banderas, you never think of him as a beefcake, you know, um, but yet you look at his Zorro movie figures that came out around this time, and he's ginormous, <laughs> right? Same thing with the uh, G.I. Joe stopped in, what, 94, Jason? And so this was their transition year where they went G.I. Joe Extreme, right? Oh, and, no, they went to – no, or, actually not. Oh, they went to uh, – oh, the, the um, f- screaming no, eagle. It was um, Sergeant uh, – yeah. what was his name? And the fighting Can't eagle remember. or whatever they are. Sergeant Savage. Sergeant, Sergeant Savage. Savage, yeah. But then they would follow it up in what ninety seven with extreme, yeah, yeah, or ninety six actually, yeah. So in this time frame, every figure line was bulky and beefy, and so you know, except Star Trek, planet. except Star Trek, yes, yeah. except Correct. Worf. Worf was beefy, yeah. Although you know, I, I agree. For a long time, I was like, "Why are these so beefy?" You know, and you know, people are like, "Oh, it, it, we're really railing about it." And you know, at the time, we were getting. Um, all the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff and Batman was big. And of course, superheroes and Schwarzenegger, like for Terminator and that are, are all big and muscular. I'm like, well, that makes sense. And it wasn't until recently, I was looking at my old Jurassic Park figures from 1993 and Alan Grant is sporting muscles yes. in there. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it really was an aesthetic of the time that they, they really were putting muscle muscles on everything. We just weren't used to it in star Wars. And it was kind of, it threw you off a little bit, but yeah. The- for super, for superheroes, the mid '90s were insane. You look oh, at yeah. uh, Tom, uh, not Tom, um, uh, Liefeld, Rob Liefeld, in his X Force designs of you know Deadpool and stuff like this. I mean, the anatomy doesn't even make sense. There's so many muscles, you know. It was just, and he was the hottest thing on planet Earth then. So, mm-hmm. and this is also set. around the time that Spawn, Spawn yeah. figures started too. Um, you know, 
doing a little research. I do very little research for the show, but the little I did today. <laughs> um, the Star Wars Galaxy magazine, which which was published around the time, which is a great magazine. Their Summer issue number, edition, right? Yeah, their issue number, number four. four. Issue number mm-hmm. four has an interview with um, Tim Hall, who at the time was the uh, Kenner uh, team leader for the Kenner Star Wars team. Mm-hmm. And he just said um, – and his quote from him, and the, they interviewed him, and he said, um, the original Star Wars line was considered revolutionary at the time, but the aesthetic, but the aesthetics of the figures really haven't kept up, referring to the vintage figures, the, you know, with those of recent action figures over time. So we felt that doing them all new was the way to go. He goes on, the stance is very important. Um, the positioning of the arms legs and the body proportions which on the new figures are a little beefed up so a little yeah yeah so that was their mindset here's another quote that i thought was uh pretty spot on too working closely with lucasfilm we felt we could give the line a whole new feel staying close to the movies but bringing it to life for the 90s ding 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 yeah there it is you know what's you know what's odd about this interview is that in the interview he said they had considered re-releasing the old figures but Which they did <laughs> well he said sort but of. lucasfilm said but lucasfilm didn't said no to that or you know didn't want to do that wanted new figures but he must have known at the time they were going to re-release they you know just a, six months later they came out with the um the four pack, the classic edition four pack, which was kind of a re-release of using mold, you know molds of molds of the right. of the original figures. So I don't know, but that's a, that's a story for another day. Anyways, um, Tom, what do you think about the so 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 what do you think about the the weapons that came with the figures, like Huge, the lightsabers and the blasters? Gigantic, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to talk primarily about luke i mean this would have been a perfect opportunity to give luke a blaster mm-hmm. <laughs> no didn't happen that... we had a ridiculously long lightsaber and then then that stupid uh grapple what is gun. that i don't even know what that grappling is gun? So, a grappling gun it looks like they took a biker scout um blaster and like sculpted it onto like some grappling hulk, hulk oh that's, that was such a it's uh, called a grappling hook blaster, but if you look at it closely, I really do think they took part of a, a, a biker scout blaster. Oh yeah, that part top of it. section. Kind of does, yeah, that's totally biker scout. Yeah. Give uh, give Luke a, uh, a Hansel. I'm just give Luke a, a stormtrooper blaster. You know, and that that would have been perfect. It would have <laughs> been and a lightsaber. Would have it would have made sense. This is this oversized These figures weapons, are so. Though. These figures are so far off the rails; it's just nutty. <laughs> Ryan, what do you what do you think about these figures? Just the figures themselves. Well, the figures themselves. I, I remember when I first got them. I know I've told the story about how I got them super early there in August, and my store was one of the first to get them. But um, I remember sitting at home that night, and I opened them up, and I was I was so excited to get these. I've been hearing about them for a while, and here I have them in my hand, new Star Wars figures. It was so cool. And I'd been collecting action figures for a couple years at this point, doing like Jurassic Park and Batman and Star Trek. But these were Star Wars figures. And I sat down, and I remember I had this initial disappointment. Like as I opened them, I'm like, these aren't really that great. You know, it was like with the muscles and the details weren't quite what I loved. I loved soft goods that we had on, on like a lot of the late vintage stuff. And here we were yes. getting plastic yes. cakes again. And 
I was like, uh, it, it, I felt a little disappointed. And then at some point, I think it was the Stormtrooper. I was looking at the Stormtrooper and I was like, you know, these look like, like what would happen if you made Star Wars into a cartoon? And it was very stylistic instead of being, you know, accurate. And once my brain got around that, once I was like, well, this is like the animated show of Star Wars, which, you know, we'd had Ewoks and droids, but, you know, go, going a little bit beyond that. And I thought of it that way. And then they made sense to me. And then I was like, okay. It's just a stylized version of Star Wars. I can get go with that. And so all of a sudden, the muscles didn't bother me anymore. All of a sudden, a lot of that didn't bother me as much. And then as they slimmed down and they got more accurate, you know, years late, as we went through the years, I, you know, I really loved it. But, you know, identifying that, that style idea just really changed it for me. Mm-hmm. When I when I first got these, I um, had been collecting the vintage the vintage figures for a while before these came out. But I was, will, I definitely wanted to. I was super excited about these two, and I looked at them and I thought, oh, they decided to base these on the Marvel comic book and not the yeah. movie. That's what I thought. I actually thought I they were that, yeah. based on the Marvel comic book because if you look at the early, um, even some of the later ones, uh, issues of Marvel comics starting in '77, like they really like that huge muscles. The Chewbacca looks a lot like the Marvel Chewbacca. And in fact, when they did the Marvel comic packs in 2006, I was surprised they didn't just uh, repaint <laughs> these figures because they actually look closer than the figures they went with. But I think the molded the molded capes were a huge misstep. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the that that the whatever's on Obi Wan, like the big? It helped him stand vinyl that kind thing. of wrap that thing that little thing that wrapped around his head and yeah that was that was awful <laughs> yeah it that made was it really so he weird stand up because of the pose he had but yeah was, yeah these poses odd. really bothered me too I mean I was I don't know there's something lot, about there's, there's definitely of... something to be said about the vintage they're so simplistic and they're so you know it's got a it's like a coffin stance you know straight well, up and down um. And I, I, there's something nice about that, but the, I, I know what they were trying to do, but these, I think some of them were a little bit too dynamic. Well, with the mm-hmm. poses they had, some a lot of them wouldn't stand up on their own. You had to have a stand of some yeah, sort. Yeah, stormtroopers like, yeah. balancing it. Well, Han Solo, yeah. I remember Han Solo. Han yeah. Solo, yeah. Yeah. And, and Obi-Wan, you had to use a cloak to keep him standing up. And and, and speaking of standing them up, something that initially bothered me about the figures is that the peg holes on their feet are sm- much smaller than the vintage yes. figures. So you couldn't really peg them into the uh, any of the stands from the vintage stuff. Yeah, you know? that was it was odd. When, when I first saw that, I was like, what? Because I pulled mm-hmm. out some like G.I. Joe stands, which I'd used for mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars figures, yeah. and like they didn't fit. It was weird. Yeah. Um, Matt, what did you initially think of the figures when you got them? Okay, well, I mean, I was late to the party. You know, I didn't, I didn't get any of these. Um, you know, when they first came out, I didn't even know them. I wasn't in the country, and then I didn't know about them. Um, just was not the circles I was moving. But when I got them, by you know, a year later, um, they were fine. I liked them fine. I mean. I knew, you know, they were obviously different styles. I never, ever, ever, even though they said Power of the Force, thought of them as a continuation of the earlier figures or anything like that. So it didn't bother me that they were a whole different style or anything like that. Um, I mean, it's 
and you know maybe somebody you know will disagree with me on this but um at least on the first part of this they're all better in you know much better than the vintage figures that they you know replaced so to speak what? No, we'll they are. They're better you. than the vintage figures. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. They're crazy. Which which one? All of them. What? Nah. They're all better than the vintage figures. No, are they're you, um, Are you um, drunk? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I still. Think you know, I've <laughs> never once kicked anybody off this show mid-show, <laughs> but I, this this might call for it. <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. And they all are better. Yeah. Been replaced by better figures since then. I mean. You know, they're what they were, you know, they're look, they're they're more posable. They look like the characters from the movie, kind of, you know, if you the, the storm. I mean, come on, look at the R2. If you turn the lights the out, use your med, yeah. I mean, I have to admit the nice thing. Yeah. about Stormtrooper is that you could turn its head. That was yeah. cool. <laughs> you know, the lightsabers are the right colors. And, you know, the Obi-Wan. I mean, yeah, we're, that cape thing or the plastic thing over him is horrible and all that. They didn't have a better Obi-Wan for until, what, 2008? I mean... I had... Matt, I had the exact opposite reaction. I thought, why could they make these look so good in 1978, but they can't make them look wow. good in 1995? <laughs> no, I mean, it was like, you know... Oh. No, it's like Nintendo 64, you know, which comes out, well... Uh, little later than this compared to uh yeah. you know atari 2600 you know it's all right i, I think they're better they're better okay. than the vintage oh, all right. I mean, okay. which would i rather have right now <laughs> obviously yeah. the figures, and not just because they're worth you know a thousand times more than these figures <laughs> i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go with what you said when i when i first saw these i lost my mind i had to have all of them immediately right yeah. i mean they're just, i did too they're whatever so that's that's my opinion. You know, when I saw okay. them, I thought these are pretty cool. I want you know, I got excited about them, and I, you know, look, I'm here. I'm on a podcast, 25 years later, talking about them. So obviously, Jason, you know what you sound like? You sound like you're trying to talk down a drunk guy who's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> All right, it's okay, it's fine. Okay. Uh, okay, Chris, uh, can you back can you back Matt up on his uh, opinion oh. that uh, these are better than the vintage? If Matt was late to the party, I'm like part of the archaeological dig party that's digging up these things. <laughs> I was very late to the party. I never got these figures, period. I remember seeing them at retail when they first started showing up and mm -hmm. thinking that was cool that Star Wars figures were back. But I never even got close enough to realize that they were just jacked on steroids. Um, okay, On Matt's comment... Yeah, some of the sculpting is better on the some of the sculpting is better on the faces. Um, you might have some marginally better articulation on a couple of the figures, but you know, I mean, Prince Adam here, I mean, he, like he, he belongs more in a Power um, Master of the Universe package than he does in a Star Wars package. Um, oh, yeah, it's I have I struggled even finding a couple that would be worthwhile to keep on a shelf in the background um i mean like the r2 yeah uh, I'll, I'll, I'll totally side with matt that the r2 is demonstrably better looks more like r2 than the vintage one did and let's give uh, at least give r2 props for having that light pipe 
feature. Well, you can finally play with him in the bathtub without ruining his body, right? That, that is cool. a good point. That's a great point. See, you also can stick marbles into it. If that's your thing. Yeah. <laughs> But that makes wanna... it a better figure than the vintage one because it is actually sculpted, whereas the one was a paper decal. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I understand where Matt's going. Yeah, here. in some know. regards, yes, I, I agree and, in some regards with Matt. But I think as a general, you look at like a Luke or a Han or a Vader and it's just, yeah, they, they don't and, look like the characters in the movie in any regard. I mean, it's... They're absurd. And the weapons are so out of proportion with oh the figure. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, that every was a bla- problem Every for blaster a while. looks like it weighs 30 pounds. Yeah. Now, I remember reading at some point, and I would not know about this, but Jason and a couple of the others might. I It was my understanding that some of these weapons were, like, repurposed from, like, G.I. Joe and some other lines. I don't think so. No, not like, they. Like I think later on. I think thing. I actually. I actually think. Um, Clone Wars. The Clone Wars. Weapons. They did repurpose yes. some GI Joe weapons for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, but uh, I can't match up. All of these weapons look. The weapons look original to me. I, I don't. Okay. I don't see any anything borrowed. I think there were and, some rifles later on that came that got repurposed into GI Joe at some point, but they were initially Star Wars. Mhm. Yeah. That's yeah, they certainly did pass on some things to GI Joe for sure. Yeah. Yeah, GI Joe definitely borrowed from some from some of this modern Star Wars stuff. Interesting. But I mean, at least they're making attempts to sculpt. Like Luke's likeness is horrible, but they're sculpting that it's actually mm-hmm. trying to resemble a human being whereas the vintage figure didn't really have that level of it of sculpting going on. It was very, very simplistic. Um, so I, I appreciate that they're trying Are to get more kidding? realistic. Come on. But the style was just... Oh. The, the vintage Leia head sculpt is better than any <laughs> modern Leia that's ever come out. I think you're right, Tom. It might be true. Yeah. They've never... It is true, I think. I can't think of, of one that looks better for three and three quarter. The Hoff Leia, they did a really nice job on the Hoff Leia. Uh, the Leia Bush uh, head sculpt is really good from the vintage yeah. collection. Yeah. yeah. But as far as A&H Leia goes, oh, yeah, I don't think they've done a better one. Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't really tried in got it, like a decade. <laughs> yeah. Jake, what do you think of the figures themselves? Well, I think I'm, you know, pretty much known as a resident action figure whore here and i collected everything i could get my hands on in the 90s so these were you know i wasn't outraged by anything going on here i was super excited to have uh star wars figures again after the dark times um you know leading up to this we were collecting um you know micro machines and action fleet and bendums and stuff and this was a this was you know this was fantastic stuff compared to all that stuff i would drop all that stuff for this stuff you know um, even though we know this will get markedly better and they would slim down over the next year and a half. And so, um, but man, it's just, again, it was the aesthetic. I wasn't judging it. Um, the weapons, yes, they were absolutely huge. I was pretty confused by the length of the sabers. Um, but overly large weapons in Star Wars were kind of normal. Um, go to the vintage line. Um, 
you know, Leia Bausch's, uh, you know, spear gun was massive. The, 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 at, at, um, the Hawk Troopers blaster was massive, right? I mean, so, you know, it didn't, again, it didn't seem out of the norm for me. Also, Luke, you know, did I understand what this grapple gun is or Han's, you know, blaster or the Stormtrooper's blaster? Well, Stormtrooper's blaster makes a little more sense once you kind of make him a sand trooper. But, you know, some of these additional bonus weapons, you know, again, I just looked at the vintage line. I mean, what? look at the Reese blaster. I never saw that before, you know. And so, you know, they, they make up, I mean, it's a toy line. Mm-hmm. The, the beautiful thing about this is this was an affordable kid toy line and that was what i was raised on and that's what i still prefer as an adult right yeah. and so these were these, 1995 4.99 yeah. each i was exactly these were five dollars and this has ruined me i still think action mm. figures should be five dollars it's a struggle <laughs> when i order a, five dollars and two thousand you can still buy these for five dollars each Jake. you can yeah. on ebay ebay looking at the prices today they have not yep. they have not no they haven't um no. You know, there's a couple figures that stand out here and there, but um, yeah, these have not appreciated. But we know that these were well, well produced, right? Mm-hmm. These yeah. were very, very popular. There was great demand for these. Wait till we get to the Lando wave, right? Um, right. These these figures were fantastic. They they inspired a whole new generation of action figure collectors. Um, you know, I'm I'm very nostalgic to them. I know that they're not worth anything, but I have multiples of all of these. I have, I think almost, I'm close to having this, and I've gone back and done this, because I was a college kid when these came out, so I didn't have a lot of money, so I had, I bought one of each, I didn't buy the variants, or or the uh, card variants, or anything, when these came out, I just went for the figures, Um, if they changed something on the figure, I would get it, Um, we'll get into that later, yeah, this this first wave didn't have a lot of actual figure variants, so... Mm. Um, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I was super happy. And then we haven't talked about the vehicles yet, but that was another really exciting component to this toy line. So I was a happy camper. And I remember when I either read, I can't remember, it, it was probably the Galaxy more than the Insider. I don't, I wasn't day, I wasn't month to month on the Insider, but I was Star Wars Galaxy. That magazine was amazing. I read it cover to cover multiple times every time it came out. I think that's where I first saw it, and I went through the roof. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I was very excited, and I still enjoy these figures. Yeah. I, I actually it. prefer plastic capes over cloth. Cloth never displays well. Plastic, it displays like it should. So that doesn't. My vintage that's not Jedi a, Luke uh, disagrees with you, as does my vintage um, Royal Guard. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking modern. <laughs> I'm talking modern. A lot of modern. A lot of modern capes look so dumb. Um, you're you're not you're not wrong there. Yeah. So. How many emperors do we have with giant hoods and yeah? Oh, no, case, no. case in point here, Jake. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Leia. I'm looking at Ben. These are terrible. But you know, <laughs> to go with what you said, I hit every store in Western Washington looking for these damn things. Absolutely, they were. It was the bee's knees, man. Everybody was hunting for these. Yep. I was I was with I was. I was going everywhere looking for these. Um, I found the first Luke Skywalker in a comic shop, unfortunately, and paid, I think, 10 bucks for it. I did that a few times myself. And I felt 
I felt really bad. I felt like guilty. Like I really felt like I had done something very wrong. Um, I remember this comic shop guy telling me that, that these are going to be very limited, that George Lucas wants to keep this limited for collectors, which of course is a bunch of BS, right? (laughs) But he was saying this and, and, uh, and I, I, yeah, I remember paying like nine, I think it was nine or nine ninety nine. Maybe it was just $9 for that first Luke. That was the first one I had seen. And so, and then eventually I just smarted up and realized that these were coming not in great quantities at first, because at first, you know, stores just had like maybe one peg for these. Sometimes Some of those two. Toys R Us employees buying them all up. Yeah. yeah. That first month of August and into September, these were pretty scarce. Like they would come, they would come out and then immediately get bought up. So, but I was out daily looking for them all. Um, and the weird sculpts, I just went along with, these are from the comic books, not the movies. And I was fine with that. Um, I had been collecting the vintage figures, so I had a, a good solid vintage collection at that point. So I was fine that these didn't look exactly like them. Although I would never say that they looked better because I just, I can't, I just can't go with it. These are any better than the originals vintage figures from the seventies and eighties. Um, okay, next let's move on to the packaging of these. These did not follow what had come previously at all. And even though they kept the same title, The Power of the Force, they really changed up the design. The the um, the these first figures came on with what I think is commonly called now is it called a red card? It's you know it's a yeah. it's it's like the saber. You know, there's red, red with some yellow and some orange going going across the card with a kind of a oddly animated Darth Vader. He looks kind of um it almost looks like they drew it off the Don Post. Yeah, it's very much the helmet. Don Post helmet. It doesn't yeah. look it's mm-hmm. not a properly proportioned Vader helmet. Um very cartoonish. And then there's uh you know a nice photo of the of the character. Um not not a film not like it's just isolated. It's not like a film scene. And then um, the back of the cards have a very lengthy file card, very G.I. Joe-ish, where it gives a a long, you know, two-paragraph description of the character, of, of the story of the character. I'm guessing they were thinking kids were getting into Star Wars who may not have seen the films, and so they wanted kids to really know what, what these were about. Um, and unfortunately, I liked these file cards, but they kind of got rid of the the lengthy ones after after a year they kind of sh- really shortened them before just getting rid of them all together now the um, word on the street is sansweet wrote these can you guys yeah, back good that job. up or confirm oh really oh mm-hmm. well whoever it was they did a good job it's 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 a lot of good information especially for kids you know and the article i read from the the hasbro uh the kenner i mean the kenner uh, team lead said that they were targeting boys five to eleven um, you know, I think Star Wars should, you know, targets boys and girls, really. I don't, I don't, I, but maybe, but maybe it was, you know, at that point, just a boys toy considered. Well, I mean, that wouldn't have kept girls from getting them right. if they wanted them. Right. Um, and one good thing about the cards, they've got a nice cross sell on the back of them. 
shows, you know, this card, this I've got the R2D2 card in my hand. The back shows, you know, seven of the nine figures that are coming out, or actually eight, eight of the nine figures, except for the Princess Leia, and then shows the new vehicles that are also coming out. And I miss these, you know, the the cards. I don't know. I I don't know if it was a mistake. Maybe they they should have done something more traditional. I I don't know. Um, uh, Tom, I'll go back to you. What do you think about the cards, the packaging? Card front is is great. Definitely mm-hmm. eye catching. Wow. Um, I like the idea of the. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of the uh, the old vintage style where you've got a picture of the character and you know I'm not a huge fan of the the, the Vader up top because it does look like a Don Post Vader but mm-hmm. uh, as far as the design goes it's, I mean now it's incredibly iconic and yeah the the back of the figure was always great because it had you know it gave you a list of or a partial list of what you might have been missing and yeah, I had no idea that uh, Steve wrote the uh, the bios for the figures. I think that's great, and yeah, it definitely is very reminiscent of the GI Joe stuff. So, all in all, I think it's a it's a great uh, it's a great it's a great card back design. Not as good as the vintage, but it's still <laughs> pretty good. Ryan, what do you think of the packaging for these figures? I did not like it. I remember when I first saw them, I was like, wait, what? I totally expected to see vintage type cards or something similar. Uh, and, you know, I've thought over the years that, you know, they could have tried something similar, but maybe changed the color. So it wasn't black around the edges or maybe it was red or, you know, something different. But when I first saw those cards and they and they looked so different, I was like, what? What is this? But I, I can look back now and it's very, very much in style with all the rest of the figure art that was out there for, for packaging. I think about like the Star Trek packaging Playmates was doing, which was kind of boring you know and a lot of stuff was going for more of the the uniform idea um to where you could use the same thing over and over again and in this case they just have the small picture that they could do i never liked the don post vader helmet i would always felt that just didn't look right um the back though i did like that they showed all the figures that were out unfortunately that didn't continue they um apparently there were i've heard well the, the whole thing was that you could only show the figures on the back that are actively being produced, which I guess in the vintage line they could do that because they continue to produce everything. But um, I kept looking forward to you know the backs being a lot like the vintage cards, where they kept adding on the new figures, and we'd have you know at some point. Could you imagine that now with a three thousand back or something? But um, it's uh, it was unfortunate that, that that went away. I understand kind of why, obviously, but my I was disappointed in those card backs. I just didn't strike me i liked you know later on when they switched to the green a little bit better but i i don't know it just it didn't hit me very well um it's well not my least favorite card back of all time but just not 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 a big favorite of mine ryan nothing nothing about this was classic star wars that we knew nothing no no it was it just it was a little odd i i i don't know i just expected the packaging and maybe it was just you know having grown up with that i expected it to be like what I'd grown up with, and it was shocking to see something different. So, Matt, did you think this packaging was superior to the uh, vintage packaging like the figures were? 
Okay. All right. I deserve that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not. It is not. That being said, I disagree like almost entirely with Ryan for once. Um, wow. This, it, my favorite card backs of the modern, putting vintage aside and vintage collection aside, is the 30th anniversary collection. Oh, I this love is those. my yes, second. I'm right favorite. with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. This is my second favorite, especially, <laughs> I mean, and as it evolved, I mean, like when you get, like, there's, there's that, that very last bit of Power of the Force, and we'll get to that in a couple of years, I'm sure. Um, those, the very last Power of the Force green cards, you know, they had like Luke and Jawa and, uh, Mahdi and all that. Those were mm. the best of the Power of the Force cards. But these original, I always thought of them as orange card, if you want to call them red card. I think they look good. I like the photo art that they use and the way it's sort of, you know, they they break the, you know, they're like in the window, but elements of the photo will sort of burst through the frame to sort of give it a, like a 3D kind of effect, even, you know, whatever. I really liked it. I mean, it's... I, I, I still like it. I was glad when they did the homage cards at on the on the six inch black series last year, you know, that they got a little bit of love for these. But, you know, I thought they were really well done. And I mean, the backs, I liked the file cards. I never cut them out and collected them or anything. But I mean, I kept the card backs. And anytime there's a cross sell, you know, that's always good. It's a you know, always a good idea to get just from a marketing point of view to get kids to say, oh, I got to go get all of these, you know, even if it's just that wave. Um, so, you know, they should have kept that up. I mean, it's the sort of thing you lose when you go to these, you know, international 18 different languages on a card. You don't have room for anything else. Um, so but yeah, these are I mean, I liked them at the time. And now, you know, I've got enough nostalgia for them that I still, you know, I, 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 I really like them in retrospect. So they were, they were good too. Chris, what do you think of the packaging for these Power of the Force figures? Yeah, I am not a fan of this card back. I'm not a fan of generic card backs where they all look the same with minor variations, like a little photograph and the figure itself. I like unique card backs, like maybe some stylistic stuff that keeps a unified look, but, you know, give me art, give me a photograph, give me something that changes the feel of each card, you know, and the the Vader head and the lightsaber going to on every single figure. You can spot a Power of the Force figure halfway across the <laughs> convention hall. Um that's true. It just, well, that would be considered a success from the point of view of the guy who designed the card. For them, maybe, yes. But as a collector, I mean, yeah. What it helps me is I know immediately I don't have to look in that bin. Uh, now, the card back, honestly, this is an amazing card back. I, I have some issues maybe necessarily with the exact layout, maybe some of the color choices or just – just the graphic design aspect of it, but the file card, the cross sell, the not half of the card back taken up by multi-language legalese. This is a toy card back. This is this is fantastic. And um, what we're getting nowadays, even in the vintage collection, is 
on the card back is garbage. It's very frustrating. At least we're getting a little bit of a cross sell on there, but you know, having a little story about the character, it invests kids. You you cut out your card back so you, you can read it over and over again. Um, whereas now it's just it, there's the front is beautiful, but the back is just junk because of the whole legal process, and they just want to have one unified card back for all markets, which is very frustrating. Um, but I, I understand the business need for it. So just as a fan, I'm not a fan. But I give high marks to the back, even if I don't necessarily like the graphic design of how they laid it out in the colors, and very low marks for the front. It's just it, that and like what was it the Legacy Collection had a very unified, generic back, which it does nothing for me. Oh, I like the saga ones for Attack of the Clones are the worst, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Attack of the Clones is bad. I mean, the Legacy Collection was just like a Stormtrooper or a clone helmet. I mean, on everyone. I don't even think they had photos. But I know the Saga didn't. They did on the insert in the bubble. Yeah, the but, insert oh, had the photo yeah. for yeah. the first year Legacy Collection. Yeah. yeah. It's a anyway. pretty surly room today, Jason. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I am not coming to this with nostalgia for this stuff. I saw it, but I didn't collect it. I, I, I mean, it's several waves probably before I even picked one up. I, I think during the run of Power of the Force 2, I maybe picked up three figures, Sand Trooper, Tarkin, and Rebel Fleet Trooper. And that was it for that entire, you know, what was it five years, four years? Well, if you ever change your mind and you got 50 bucks, you can get them all. I know. Not even Slay huh, Chris? I'm I mean, look, look at it this way. This this was the design that pulled everybody back in. If you were mm. out, you were back in. Right. And even, this. I think, like, what you're saying is, like, even the people who now just consider themselves hardcore vintage collectors, you know, don't even look at anything past 1985, Me. even a lot of those guys probably back then bought these. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Everybody bought these back in the yeah, yeah, everybody did. Everybody did. And nope. we were a more unified community back then. Like, <laughs> I mean, to some extent, right? I mean, everybody just bought Star Wars toys. They weren't like, I collect vintage, I collect modern, I collect six inch, I collect three and three quarter. About, I'm not sure about that. I think the hardcore vintage were, were, were always and will always be vintage. There, there was. I... I I was on the news groups back then on the, the Rhapsody and all that, and there was a specific vintage news group, and then there was a modern news group. So there was a separation there very early on. But even that first, but that first year though, really, even I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, there was still a there was still a all separate. right. Wow, there we go. <laughs> okay, um, Jake, what do you think of the packaging of the first uh, waves of Power of the Force two? And, think... and, and we could, oh, just hold on before I yeah. clarify. These actually aren't called Power of the Force 2 in any official Correct. Uh, labeling. This is something fans called them just to differentiate them from the Power of the Force from the from 1985. Yeah. Basically. Correct. So, yeah. So, Correct. anyways. Okay. What did you think of the packaging of the new Power of the Force figures? I am, uh, I'm going to go out, even though we're just covering the first wave here. I'm going to co come out and say I think the Power of the Force line, Power of the Force 2 line in its totality, is one of the last greatest toy lines out there because it will 
will eventually, you know, we're doing wave one, but it'll eventually have large vehicles, medium uh, creatures, small vehicles, play sets, um, cinema scenes, um, deluxe figures. I mean, it's going to mailaways, exclusives. It has everything. Carrying cases, you know, it, it, it literally carries everything that the golden toy lines of the 80s, 70s and 80s had. And this is one of the last few great big toy lines because once you get into the, you know, later uh, prequel movies, they'll have some good lines, but they're they're a flash in a pan compared to the length and breadth of this one. And then, of course, following the prequels, we go into a more of a collector market when it comes to these because they retained so much popularity for so long. Um and so, and then we end up with what we have today, a very limited offering of the vintage collection three and three quarter when compared to something like the Power of the Force 2. So because of that, I love almost every aspect about these car- figures and these card backs that I think this line does what modern lines do not, except unless you're collecting the Masters of the Universe Origins, I think they still do it, Um it gives you the bio card. It tells you, it gives you a story about the character because in 1995, no one's watching Star Wars. No one's watching Star Wars. It's not, it's not anything, right? It'd be 97 before we get the special editions. So people aren't watching Star Wars. So you need a kid to pick it up and go, okay, well, who's this figure? Oh, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he comes with a lightsaber and removable cloak. Who's this character? And it tells you what the names of the accessories are. It gives you their backstories. It shows you the cross cells. It shows you the vehicles and the figures you can get. I mean, it is a perfect line to engage someone that knows nothing about the property, right? And so I'll right. take something. Can I interrupt you there for one yeah. second, Craig? Where you're saying nobody's watching Star Wars in 95. Something, I mean, yeah, I did not know about the figures, but the the THX, THX yeah. trilogy was, that was that released year? at the same time. Yeah, that was 95. Yeah. That was the, you know, only original for one last time. stickers appeared eventually on, what did stickers that, eventually appear? The, the, the THX trilogy, yeah, the THX trilogy came out fall of 95. Fall yep. of 95, so yeah. Yeah. almost okay. so right on the heels. With so right on the close. heels of It this. is close, yeah. Right on the heels. So there was a push for, you know, people watching it at home. That is true, that is true, but that would have been just slightly after the release and I, in my mind, I had dreamt that that was 96. And so I thought I remembered green cards on that. Um, I know I got my display. Fred Meyer called me with my display that I, I got for the THX editions in October of 95. Yeah, it was right after I moved back here. Yeah. But regardless, regardless, if, yes. you know, if you if you didn't buy the set, right, and, and you didn't buy the set, you can still go to the store and learn about a character. I'm, hold, I'm holding in my hands a 2022 figure. Uh, his name is the Mithril. He's uh, Star Wars. The Mandalorian is on the front. That is absolutely all I know about this character. I don't I don't know if he's a good guy. I don't know if he's a bad guy. I don't have Disney Plus. I haven't seen this show. Uh, I, VC225. That's uh, his number. It's his code name. I mean, there's nothing to engage someone that's not already familiar with this character, the IP, and this series. There well, is no draw. Is finding that figure who's not engaged. But <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, like, but, I mean, who bought Lobot? 
you know, who bought, you know, there's a lot of boring Star Wars characters. Hey, hey, oh, watch, <laughs> watch, your, watch your mouth. Jason's going to kick somebody else off the show. I'm, say, I'm the one that's getting kicked off. <laughs> Bye, Jake. Yeah, right. But you get my point. You know, there's old white guys all over Star Wars. And those don't make for attractive, you know, uh, you know, exciting figures, but their characters mean something to the series. But this my point is this toy line brings out those characters life and educates the the casual fan. And again, you said it brought a lot of people in. I mean, Dan from the Sandcrawler, who we talked about earlier, these were his childhood figures. He grew up with these, and these mean the world to him. And I feel like a lot of kids who were young at that time, you know, this was an easy-to-embrace line. And uh, I I appreciate all the work that went into the card because of that. I would imagine these cards were an introduction and, of course, a reintroduction to collecting. Yep. I um, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of actually with Chris on these cards. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the front, um, but I do like the back. I do like the file cards. I, I wish those would have gone on longer. I really like those. Those are fun to, just as a collectible themselves, are I think pretty cool. Um, I do like the red card or orange card. What do we call these? Red cards. Generally, I think they're called cards. both. Yeah, Generally okay. red cards, but orange I, cards I, is I, often. I prefer the red card look to the later, another show, green card for sure. Yes. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I do have nostalgia now for the almost ugliness of that Don Post Darth Vader helmet <laughs> on there. Um, yeah, so... Anyways, let's move on. With all Star Wars figures, variations developed. The uh, original figures had very long sabers. The figures with sabers were repacked with short sabers, giving you a variation. And then the saber trays that held the long sabers were not immediately switched over. So there was another variation where you'd have a short saber figure with a long saber tray. Um, other variations, Leia, Leia's belt had a slight variation. Um, the Obi-Wan photo on the back of his card changed from a, a close up to a full body shot. Um, just little things here and there changed. Tom, did you hunt down all these variations? No, but I, uh, ended up with many of them. I remember having a short saber long tray on on a number of these. I can't tell you which ones, but mm-hmm. I do know that I had them. Were you actively looking for them, or you just ended up with them? I think I probably was in the end, or uh, mm-hmm. when you you know when the when that information came out, and mm-hmm. I. But yeah, I, I, I how many know. each? How many of each figure were you trying to collect? Well, I had one to open, right? One mm-hmm. to uh, keep carded mm-hmm. and uh then another one for uh you know whatever might come up to trade right yeah that's exactly what i did three of each yeah uh-huh except for stormtroopers i kind of army built those yeah well i mean those were great i mean why yeah. wouldn't you ryan were you going after all the variations that came out of those first that first wave of figures different saber no. sizes trays belts no. photos <laughs> 
I, Later I ended, on, zero zero ones, whatever <laughs> else they were doing. I ended up with a lot of it, but I didn't really care. I remember, mm-hmm. especially since I was on online with a lot of the stuff, talking to collectors early on, and people were talking about the .01s, the .02s, and minor variations. People were sure that Hasbro was doing this on purpose to make collectors buy more figures. When, you know, we know more about the how things work. It was just production changes. It was just... You know, running changes that happen, normal things that happen in line. But uh, I remember people going nuts over this stuff. And I have, you know, some of the things that people were crazy about. I have long saber figures easily. Um, you know, later on, there's like the brown vest Luke and the half circle fet. I have all that stuff. Not because I was trying to get it. It's just, you know, I bought the first ones out. Most of mine are loose, actually. <laughs> but um, the variations, I did not care I still don't like I look at like my vintage collection. I've never really cared about the, the variations on stuff. And I, it's it's a it's a bad rabbit hole for me to go down because I, I collect enough as it is. You get into variations and then you're getting like how many more of every figure and what do you consider a variation? You know, I look at a lot of the vintage stuff today that people go back. Oh, well, this is a variation. This is a variation. Well, is it really or, you know, it's just people trying to find new ways to collect a lot of that stuff in, in some ways. But uh, no, I I had no interest in the variations. I didn't care at all. I I bought almost everything and opened it up. I just kept one carded set, and so I I, and I didn't care which one I had carded. You know, as far as a variation, I just got one and it went on the wall. And um, yeah. Ryan, you have no idea how much I know. We've we've we haven't gotten to this yet, but you have no idea how much I obsessed over that brown vested Luke. <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> that was insane. I did too, and I've. Yeah, well, that was a good day. But I got mine just because it was the first one that came to our store and I bought it. I, you know, I didn't even know it was a variation when I got it. But yeah, I just, I didn't care. I, I really didn't care, and I didn't see the point of trying to collect all that stuff. I'm absolutely uh, surprised by your answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Matt, did you collect all the variations? Uh, not all of the variations. No. Um. And to the extent that I did, it was only like if there was like a significant change to the figure or to the card. Um, did... You know, I, I did the long saber, you know, by the time I started getting them, they were all converted over to short saber. So I had to go back and backfill with the long saber versions later. Um, but I'd, and I'd pretty much do that when there were like lulls, when there wasn't a lot of stuff in the stores, you know, like in the immediate like you know, going into episode one, there was like a long time where there wasn't a lot of new stuff in the stores. Um, so I'd try to backfill with with the variations. And as as they went on and the orange carded figures got recarded with, you know, on green cards and then with those freeze frames, you know, I would I would get those eventually, but not at the time. I didn't really care. And I, I'd see like a half circle Boba Fett at the comic book store or whatever. And it was like 50 bucks or the Leia with the two belt loops instead of the three. And, you know, it was some ridiculous price. And I said, I'll just, I'll get those later. And, you know, and I got them 20 years later when they were basically giving them away, you know? So eventually I got them, but at the time I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Chris, it's, 
is it even worth asking you this one since you didn't collect them at all? You pretty obvious. Didn't I didn't collect the variations. the variations. And honestly, I'm not a big variation. If it's a major running change, like it's mm. meant to be a change, I'll go after those. But how difficult collecting has been over basically the last 10 years, I'm just grateful to find the figures at retail and get them and, and get a good uh, card back. You know, chasing down some minor variation on the this helmet was placed on the left side and the right side or the weapons on the, this coin, uh, it means nothing to me at all. And so even if I had been collecting in that era, which I didn't have the budget to be collecting at that time anyways, I, I doubt I would have paid much of attention to that. It's just like, I just want a good sample of the figure. And beyond that, it's just, unless it's a major difference that, signifies like a lot of times we get trooper variations like uh um the endor rebels and i was at saga 2 there was a, a major change uh running change in that that i went after but other than that i mean no so i wouldn't have collected the, the variations had i even been started collecting this early jake did you collect the variations from this first year of figures this first wave um I, it's funny um somewhat stalled apparently in my collecting um i consider a figure or weapon change a priority a card back change is a not a priority so uh, i went after the variants of what i knew existed because again we're early in the internet the internet doesn't look anything like what we have now there's no online databases there's a few chat groups, uh, you know, Rubble Scum isn't really up and running fully like, you know, we're, 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 we don't have the normal tools we use today. And so, uh, you know, you would have to learn because if I bought a Leia, I wouldn't know there was a variant on the Leia unless I was sitting in the store staring at ones I find later on or I start talking to someone else that has one. So um, when I discovered there were variants, I would get the physical variants like, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the belts or the, you know, um, you know, actually, I don't even know if I still have a, I don't know if I have a circle fet. I've always kind of put it off. I never found one in the store. So ah, that might be a 2002, 22 purchase. Funny now that you say that. Um, but yeah, so it has to be, uh, did I get long sabers and short sabers? Yes. That's a physical change. The card backs, were minority. Now, did I eventually get some card backs? Yes, but that was later on. Again, I was just starting college here. Not a lot of money. So it was later on when I was a little more established in, you know, working at Toys R Us later in college and or having a career after college that I went back and started getting 001s and 002s and, you know, to what point now because I don't even care about them. <laughs> yeah. I went after the variations like the Sabres. I got loose and carded the long and short saber and i had like that first year i was getting three of each so i had three long sabered three short sabered of all the figures with sabers um i did not the the tray size variation has never interested me and i've never looked for any of those so but we do know that the most valuable one out there right hands down Obi-Wan transition tray is the only one that's ever eclipsed a couple thousand dollars. That is a rare. Ah. And then does that, and I have all the transition trays except Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause it's, 
yeah. thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. And then his his photo on the back changed significantly from a full body shot to a from a close up to a full body. Correct. Right. Does anybody know? I don't even know which. I don't actually know which ones I have. I haven't looked at mine in a while, or which one is rare. And did we did we talk about that the you know the EU put out different card backs as well, or different you know photos as well? Because I remember Chris B trying to track down all the different photo variants that yeah, they, they released over photos. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had some of the foreign foreign figures at some point but who knows you know one thing um, oh, we, we didn't announce uh, we didn't talk about at all mm-hmm. and we don't have to dive off into it but just put a pin in it um this wasn't hasbro's first this wasn't kenner slash hasbro's first thoughts and what to do with this line they were going to go for a smaller line like a two inch figure um right Gus that was Lopez the has one of those what's that doesn't Gus Lopez yeah, have one of those figures? Yeah, I think he figures? has the X-Wing mm-hmm. fighter, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah the so, X-Wing Luke, yeah. So that so we almost didn't get the return of three and three quarter because they were flirting with the idea of doing a mm-hmm. two-inch line that, you know. How did I miss that? Well, wow. they're doing it now, right? Mission <laughs> Fleet. Right. But those, but those ones looked more like um, the two-inch figures uh, that they did for the Phantom Menace, right? That were in like Japan or somewhere, you know. Yeah. They actually looked like action figures. They weren't stylized or proportioned weird. No, they like reminded a, me of, like Gus's prototype reminds me of Mask. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's on the same line, a little taller, but yeah, very, very, you know, still looks normal in proportions, even though it's just shrunken. And then, of course, the packaging for the Han Solo and Stormtrooper disguise. He was a mail away with uh, Fruit Loops. Uh, the Fruit Loops um, um, came out that that late summer of late summer early fall of 1995, and you could mail away. You get Han Solo with a Stormtrooper disguise, and we did a mail away show years ago. I know we talked about this figure in depth, but he did not come with a blaster. He just came with a helmet. I think uh, because the serial promotions tend to not have weapons i think something similar came up with gi joe where a figure they had a mail away didn't have a weapon because for whatever reason kids cereal i don't know um okay um i still have two unopened boxes of fruit loops oh <laughs> you gotta do a video i'm scared a, oh, i'm scared to open one you gotta open that up it's gonna be a big sloshy bag of Corn syrup. <laughs> nah, those C three right. held up pretty good, so um, be fine. Okay, Tom, do any of these figures from the first wave hold up? No, none. Not even R two D two. Um, you're talking to a vintage guy, so I'll always love the vintage one. But okay, okay, okay. you're right. I mean, as far as as far as holding up, I think R two is probably the top of that list for sure. All right. Ryan, do any of these figures hold up? Not really. I mean, the R2 is nice, but we've had so much better ones since then. I I, I actually, my son got into, my older son really loved uh, when I had my Tente 4 play sets out, and he wanted to play with them, and I bought him a Power of the Force 2 R2-D2 to play with, and so it's actually around in our living room right now, and you know, it looks pretty good, but when you put down that third leg, it just doesn't have quite the, the right look. It was cool to get the third leg finally on that, but and going back, um, I, I didn't get a chance to talk about the the Fruit Loops Han, but I, I, I got to say, 
can surprise a few people, but that because of Fruit Loops, that was the first time I ever had Fruit Loops. I did not eat sugared <laughs> cereals growing up, so that was a, a new thing for me. And I remember getting those. I was so excited to to get that figure, and I still have a couple of boxes from back then. But that was a uh, that was exciting. I, I really loved that we could uh, could get that figure. Plus, it was a figure that we never got in the vintage line. Yeah, um, I have a couple of empty Fruit Loops boxes. Yeah, mine are empty still. too. I didn't save them full. <laughs> I have some. I have some '97 Canadian boxes that are full. They did the um, a lenticular set that was all shrink wrapped together, three boxes together. I have that that's still got the cereal in it, but uh, I don't have any of the, the Fruit Loops. Fruit, so. I, I fruit Loops is my all-time favorite cereal, all-time. I love it. it. It taught me to like Fruit Loops because of that. So, I have a yes, story about it's... that figure. I was so scared that uh, Hasbro wouldn't send me more than one. I, I I wrote in to order those figures, and I changed my name slightly, <laughs> slightly so they would send me all the figures that I ordered, which was that probably so... like – I was. I, I, I got I, at least. I, I, I got at least ten. I ordered oh, five. Wow. Yes. I yeah. ordered three and gave one away as a gift, so I have two still. Yeah, I, I went, did the exact same thing. I did it in my nephews and nieces' names. Right, my brother's my name, cousins. my yeah. my dad's name, all yeah. that. Oh man, as if there's someone that's like checkboxing, you know. Oh, Burgess, number two. No, forget this guy. Wait a second. This is the same address. This guy's getting 10 of these. Forget it. Ryan, do any of these figures hold up? Uh, no, I just said R2 is probably oh. the closest, but I, I think there's been so much better that it's not something I'd pull out to put in a diorama. Matt, do any of these figures hold up? Like I said, they've all been replaced by better versions. I mean, they are what they mm. are. They're, a, you know... They're, if you want to know what Star Wars figures in the mid '90s were, they're they're what they are. So, but if you want to buy the best C-3PO out there or the best Darth Vader, it's not one of these. So, you know, it always makes me cringe a little bit when I see some of these expert expert model makers make these beautiful beautiful dioramas. Like you know, they they scratch build the ships or the play sets, <laughs> and it's just amazing. And then they put like the power of the force two figures in it it's like, yeah wah, wah, wah. oh come on <laughs> uh chris do any of these figures hold up for you no absolutely not um if you have nostalgia for them i mean that i think that's the only really thing you're going for um with these uh, now uh, regards with the the stormtrooper han i think it's really cool that that early in the line they were actually looking outside of what kenner had done back in the 80s uh, yeah and, good point that was the first figure that they made mm-hmm. that wasn't on the original line yeah I mean, it, it was a yeah. great sign of things to come that they were going to go way outside that box and not just limit themselves to that so that, that was mm-hmm. a fantastic idea even if the figure it leaves some to be desired but um yeah yeah that figure was super exciting though oh god oh yes. yeah well i never even heard about it until it was our long already gone create uh, at collectible shops and whatnot. <laughs> Jake, do these any of these figures hold up? I think the droids are still pretty decent figures. Um, I think they're the standout of the line of the first wave. Um, everybody else has some issues. You know, Vader's super wide, and the Stormtrooper doesn't stand well, and Han's top-heavy, and Luke's, you know, practically shirtless, and, you know, Obi-Wan's got his plastic cloak, you know, it is interesting that, you know, 25 years later, wherever we're at in this line now, I forget what year it is, um, 
we still don't have a loop that really represents that first poster. Because I always feel like that was my that was had to be their inspiration, right? Opening up Luke's uh, tunic to show mm-hmm. some pecs, like the original yeah. the New Hope poster. I've just always been surprised that they've never replicated that in any way, shape, or form in the three and three quarter line. That's about what you get right there. Um, yeah. But when it comes to droids, I mean, the, the, you can't argue with back metalization. That three PO, uh, you know, even if you have this still on card or loose. That sucker still shines. That sucker shines bright, and it's right. just something to be said about that. Nice, nice, because, I mean, not all vintage back metalization holds up as well as that Power of the Force stuff does. Whatever they did, they did it well and better than the vintage line, because I have a lot of 3PO's that are tarnished to hell. This one here still glistens, and so, um, yeah, I would say those those are the figures, if you had to pick some out of the slot, that uh that are still quality okay and now that you bring up c3po there also was a variation not in the u.s but i think it's worth Mm -hmm. noting that there was a japanese variation where Mm -hmm. he had a green tint yep i don't know why i i i I don't know what the reasons were um and i've never gone after that figure i still don't have it any do any of you guys have that i have it i I have it Ryan yeah, has I it. Have it Which one? Still. Jake has it. The green Power of the Force oh, to C three PO. The Japanese version. Yeah, I got yeah. that. I, so I, it's it all this it. subtle. It's, it's, it's subtle. For listeners who have never seen mm-hmm. this figure, it is super subtle. We're not talking like a green three PO here. We're talking it. it it's, it's got a greenish a tint. Yeah, it's a tint. Yeah. It is very mild, but it's noticeable. You know, it's funny. I just talked about how I didn't do after variations, and yet that was one. I had a friend who went to Japan. And I was like, hey, if you can pick up a C-3PO for me, that'd be cool. And they did. And so that's like one of those things I happen to get. So I actually have that figure. But, yeah, that, that's funny. I forgot about that. And see, and see, mine is just like two years ago. Toy Stable had about 15 on the shelf for five bucks a piece. <laughs> so Wow, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. He still has them. I mean, he had I a should, bunch. I should go after that one. That's one variation I probably should get. I don't know why I haven't. Yeah, put it with your Hong Kong sets. Oh wait, you sold one to me. <laughs> but the, nice. the 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 green dot it like beads up frequently. It beads up. Yeah, yeah. It sort of almost reliquifies frequently. Really? Yeah, I haven't the looked at mine in a while. Let's go look at mine. Yeah, <laughs> on the Japanese one. Yeah. Oh, I just looked Google at it. it, uh, it. I You'll looked it, it up uh, last week. Huh, that's Tom, did you get that green Japanese C three PO? No, I knew about it, but I did mm. not. No. All right. No. All right. Okay. Back then, the uh, let, me, let me add, back then, I think those were going for a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. I think like 50 bucks at least. Yeah. yeah. But. All right. And then, hey, with the figures, they also released some vehicles. Um, I've, I've read up on this. So it sounded like what happened was Hasbro had lost all of the molds to the figures, like all of them. But for whatever reason, they had neatly stored the vehicle uh, molds. Um, so they still had the vehicle molds, and that's part of the reason why they did go a three and three quarter, because they already had the molds to the vehicles that they could use. And they just updated them slightly. And they gave them some updated paint jobs, updated stickers, some new sound effects. They no longer had the little 
I don't even. I can't even imitate the vintage sound for the a gear with vinyl or with yeah yeah with mylar basically. Yeah, but yeah. now it sounded something like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the new figures, the new the new vehicle sounded like this. Can you hear that? Yeah. That's the X-wing. So very similar vehicles. I mean, the molds are practically identical. I yeah. I'm trying to think what they may have tweaked on the molds um, they add, add the lights on the front of the falcon they took away okay. the light on the front of the x-wing um yeah so and the vehicles that came with the initial launch were the tie fighter the x-wing the land speeder the millennium falcon and even though it wasn't advertised on the card back the atst came out at the same time um, which is odd because it's the only vehicle that's not part of the uh, first film and everything else from this first launch was from the first film. So I don't know why exactly they just that snuck in early. Maybe it was supposed to come out with the second wave, but it was ready earlier. I am not sure. Um, I can tell you when I saw the Millennium Falcon at a Walmart, and uh, I had lost my original one. The last time I had saw my original vintage Falcon was summer of 85, and whatever happened to it after that, I had no idea. So I I could not believe that I had a new Millennium Falcon. Like, it was... Um, I was way more excited almost for the vehicles than the figures, I think. <laughs> Just seeing these same vehicles back in the store. And, like, this is only 10 years. Think about now. Like, this is between... The difference between 2012 and now. Like, does that seem that... like? Yeah, but That's you would, it's hard to it's hard to believe but, would, but at the time it seemed like ancient times yeah. since I had seen Star Wars vehicles in store. Yes. I mean Return of the Jedi had only been out of the theaters for twelve years. I mean that's I guess doesn't I guess seem like a long now, but the difference is though, imagine if there was no Star Wars content between now and yeah. two thousand twelve. You would yeah. think it was forever. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so to me, I think the vehicles were more impactful seeing them on shelves than the figures. Um, Tom, what did you think about the vehicles all coming back? Well, I have to admit something. Uh, when I was a kid, the only vehicle that they were offering now or in this batch of vehicles for 95, the only one I had when I was a kid was the vintage Landspeeder. So when I was a kid, I didn't have the TIE Fighter or the X-Wing or the Millennium Falcon. Actually, I did have the ATST, but the other three I did not. So I went crazy for these. The second they were available to me, I, I picked them up. I picked all of them up. And uh, that Millennium Falcon was, was awesome because I'd never had one. I mean, a friend of mine had one, but, you know. I didn't get to play with that very mm -hmm. often, but yeah, seeing these again and having them available to me just slightly uh, more detailed with the battle damage and that kind of thing with the X-Wing and the, the uh, details on the land speeder was awesome. So yeah, yeah I, I picked these up immediately and I yeah. thought they were great. Mm -hmm. um, did you buy multiples of any of them? No, I only had one of of each of these. So you weren't buying any of them to keep packaged. No, no. 
No, Ooh. these were a little too pricey, I think. Yeah, same here. I only but uh, the thing is, once I had them, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what I did with them. I must have sold them on eBay or something. Oh, so you, so you do not have these anymore? I No, I don't have any of the stuff anymore. Okay, and someone stole your Power of the Force 2 figures, right? Can you say something like that? <laughs> I was going to sell them at garage sales and stuff, and they were <laughs> stolen out of a shed. Yeah, all of them were stolen. Uh-huh. True story. It's a true story, Jason. What are you yeah, talking about? I, I believe you. I guess I believe you. I've, why, told, why you wouldn't I? I've, I've, I've told you the story many times on the show. Yeah. Uh, jokes on the thief. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but someone, someone's out there right now with a Star Wars collection with some of Tom's stolen uh, Power yeah. of Force 2 figures. Yeah, well, enjoy, dude. Enjoy. Joke's on you. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you think about the vehicles? Uh, I love the vehicles. I, I bought them as soon as they came out. I had, from uh, my vintage stuff, I'd had the Falcon, the X-Wing, and the ATST. So, you know, I recognized immediately that this was the same old same old but i love the updates to it like the the falcon has more detail even the cardboard insert on it is is different and has better detail to it um i i like the new lights and the sounds i thought that was great um and like the land speeder i'd never had like i remember my cousin had the land speeder i always loved like that the hood popped and so to actually get the land speeder and then the tie fighter i'd never had and here we finally got the you know the tie fighter the one big difference here is it doesn't have stickers on the wings anymore it's now molded uh solar panels on the wings and i thought that was really cool um i was excited and i bought multiples of this stuff now most of the multiples i bought were uh on sale prices one of the advantages i had at Toys R Us is my job there for quite a while was uh, processing the defects. So anything that was returned to the store that the customer said was defective or missing something, it had to be processed through me and I sent it back. And, you know, there's, you know, a certain amount of profit margin on this stuff to where I could go to my bosses and say, you know, I, I'd show them the slip of return I, to make sure that I wasn't trying to do anything fishy. But if it was missing something or if it was an open box or something like that, I'd say, if you mark this down, I will buy it. And it didn't always have to be much, but I think I ended up with about four four ATSTs out of that, um, probably three X-Wings. I only had the one Falcon. I only ever got one Falcon, um, I think four TIE Fighters. But, you know, some of it would be return stuff. Some of it would have been opened on the floor or, you know, missing one tiny piece, Um but I, I had a – because I processed as defects, I saw all sorts of stuff where it would have one minor thing wrong with it, but it was a playable toy or, you know, or the box was all beat up. And, you know, my bosses would mark it down. I'd buy it. It was a great way to, to add extra stuff into my collection. So I ended up kind of building my fleets even that early, which, of course, now I have way too many X-Wings. But, uh, yeah. Matt, what did you think of the vehicles? Um, I sort of had the opposite. I mean, I was like, I saw them on the shelves and I said, oh, wow, it's the old vehicles that I've got. They brought those out again. And I didn't buy any of them uh, until, geez, probably 99. Again, when I was like a lull and I was, you know, like probably found some on sale somewhere. Because, I mean, it was like I had these at home and I know they're different, but at the time I didn't think they were different enough. So I just... I, the only vehicle I think the well I we, it's not in this show I mean I, I'd get them if they had a figure I was basically my rule was I'm collecting the action figures so when the speeder bike came out I got that when the a wing came out 
I got that because it had a figure. But these, I was just, just my attitude was I already had them. So eventually, of course, yeah, I got them. But at the time, it was not a big deal for me. So, um, Chris, you passed on all the figures. Did you pass on these vehicles as well? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have the budget for really collecting at that time. Even the figures, so let alone the vehicles. But I did have all of these as vintage uh vehicles as a kid um i think the only one i didn't i still don't at least have part of is the falcon which got sold in a garage sale but uh everything else i still have at least part of my vintage uh toys on those jake what did you think of the vehicles when they came back no, oh, I was super excited. I loved the vehicles that I did have as a kid, and so to see them upgraded and updated was was awesome. Um, as a kid, I didn't have a TIE Fighter or an ATST, um, and so I was able to get the X-Wing and the Speeder and uh, the Land Speeder and the TIE right away because, again, college kid, those were a little cheaper. I could afford them. Um, I, this, the Millennium Falcon... Uh, I told my folks, and they got it for me for Christmas, and that started then like a 20-year tradition, I would say. Probably a good 20 years, where Hasbro, remember, Hasbro would release one big vehicle a year usually, and uh, I would just tell my folks, hey, that's what I want, you know. I want the Falcon, I want the shuttle, I want the, you know, the ATTE, I want the new, uh, you know, Falcon, I want the new, you know, Legacy AT-AT. I mean, for like 20 years, they were able, I knew for Christmas, I was going to get the big Star Wars vehicle that year. Um, so that was kind of a nice tradition that started. And um, and then uh, the only issue with all of these vehicles is I never found the ATST. I have no idea why. No idea why. I actually had to buy a loose, still in box one from the previous toy stable owner, Lynn, um, for a slightly higher price because I just had never found it. So. That was something uh, I got a uh, little little while later, but uh, but yeah, super happy to have all of them. Yeah, um, I got them all. So happy. I wish I would have bought two of all of them. I would like to have box samples of all of the vehicles with the red packaging, with the red red saber packaging, because I do like the packaging look on the vehicles. But unlike the figures. The vehicles have the sealed vehicles have really gone up in value. They're not these are not cheap to just buy. Really, not I like still have figures. a sealed Spec- X-wing. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Especially that, especially the Falcon. So the Falcon especially is the only the one Falcon. I don't have. So I've gone back and put together a boxed and carded set of the red cards. Yeah. I'm not going any farther than the red cards, but so I yeah, I would like pricey. to have a boxed Falcon, a boxed Land Speeder, a boxed X-wing. Tie Fighter, ATST, and and uh, the few other vehicles that were on the red card, the the red with the red card waves. Um, but they are pretty, they are pricey. You know, unlike you know, people hoarded the figures, bought three of each, four of each, five of each, whatever. But people did not hoard the vehicles because they take up more space, they're more expensive. So on the secondary market, the vehicles are a little more expensive than uh, for sure than they were. Back in 1995. Excellent. <laughs> um, 
So they've, I think they've upgraded every vehicle from this this wave. Do they hold up for you, Tom? Do these hold up? Well, seeing that I didn't have most of them, I, I, I guess I don't know. Now, now they're not really. No, now that's not true because a lot, you know, the the Falcons that we've seen lately have been ridiculously under underscaled. So I would say that a lot of these are good. I mean, the detail on the ATSD was always good, even from the you know the the vintage line. Um, the uh, land spe- the land speeder, uh, the 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 glass, the windshield there was kind of scale. Wasn't that scaled down for the Power of the Force version? I think it was. It was. It wasn't quite as high. It was a little yeah. more. Um... Aerodynamic, I guess. I but know. I think they, they hold up. I mean, even they even though they were kind of using the the molds of the the vintage vehicles, I think I think they're great. And I, um, you know, the the Falcon isn't quite as good as the uh, that what what's what's the Uber Falcon that the BMF. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. But it is so much better than the Falcon they released with the Force Awakens, and then the horrible Falcon they released with Solo. Right, the Solo one is one I'm thinking of. If they could have retooled this somehow for for either of those films, how yeah, much better would that have been? Absolutely, would have been a great move. Yeah. And I'm sure they would have sold great too. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're looking at the modern version of the X-wing and stuff, this doesn't hold up. Of course not, but. I mean, back in '95, this was this was more than what I had expected. Yeah. So uh, I, right. I can't even find a boxed Falcon right now. Power of the Force They're expensive. Two They're expensive. on eBay. Can't even find yeah. one. I see. I see one with box loose uh, that sold for 130, but then another 40 in shipping. So that's like 170. And then here's a second one. Uh, where'd the second one go? So. Yeah, they are gonna they're gonna edge you up to close to two hundred to get a loose one with a box. And see, I want a sealed one with a box. Yeah, I don't even see one on here. So yeah. there you go. Uh, Ryan, do these vehicles hold up? Yes and no. I mean, every one of, as you said, every one of these vehicles has been updated. Um, at the same time, you know, you said that earlier. Where people make really beautiful dioramas. And then they'd put like Power of the Force two figures in it and just throws it off. I think you could still put these vehicles in there and they're going to look decent in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my dioramas, I still have a lot of them in there. Like my Endor, I have the I probably have four or five of the bigger ATSTs, but then I've got four or five of the Power of the Force two ATSTs mixed in there. And you know, to me, a lot of that stuff, especially when they made bigger versions later on, like the older versions could be more in the back in the background to kind of give a little bit of Force perspective. I still have, like, the TIE Fighters. I like the Big Wing TIE Fighter better, but, you know, there's still a lot of elements that go into that Big Wing TIE Fighter. The the Falcon, uh, that Falcon I thought was a great upgrade of that original mold. In fact, for a long time I had both my Vintage and the Power of the Force 2 Falcon sitting next to each other. I remember in my in the room I had at my parents' place, I had them sitting next to each other on the dresser, and I, I really felt it was a great upgrade. Now, of course, we've had a much better Falcon, but... Doesn't mean you couldn't stick that in a nice diorama. It, it still looks okay. And same with the X wings, you know, and the land speeder. We've seen some great land speeders that have come out, but that land speeder. I mean, the vintage mold is is, is pretty good, and I think it speaks a lot to how good those vintage molds really were. 
uh, you know, if we want to go all the way, there, there's a couple of intramurals that really haven't been updated much uh, and still put out in the uh, the modern line that uh, that just continue to hold up. So, um, I'd say it kind of, yeah, they, they they hold up. Chris, do these molds hold up? Uh, they are not the best that's available anymore, but that's also not to say that they look bad. I mean, they're they're they look fine. Uh, there, some of them definitely are not the worst. <laughs> there's been far worse Falcons put out, but there's also a better one. So, and, and if you, and getting to Ryan's point about dioramas, if you're building a diorama for something, building something for the big Falcon or a big X-wing or a big Tie Fighter takes a lot of space. And if you want to have something in a reasonable amount of space, these are acceptable um, substitutes, and, and they don't look that bad. You put a good diorama around any one of these, and they're going to look better, and, and they're going to look good. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not against these, um, but, you know, there are better alternatives out. But if space is an issue for you, these are totally acceptable in my book. Matt, did I skip you? Did, did these, yeah, uh, yeah. Did these molds hold up? I thought I was on a timeout or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they hold up. I mean, they're the vintage molds, you know, and the you know they they hold up. I mean, I never opened any of them. I except a Falcon. I got a second Falcon and I opened it up, and it was it was cool. And I used it until the BMF came out, you know, without complaint. Um, well, no, actually, I had big complaints about the, uh, I mean, and it goes back to what we talked about. I mean, you're talking about how bad the solo Millennium Falcon was, and it was horrible. And I remember my, my critique is, if you've got a Millennium Falcon, rule one, it has to fit Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yeah. Well, the, True. you know, the power of the Force 2, Han Solo and Chewbacca could not fit in the Millennium Falcon. Well, you could cram them in. Well, there, you could cram long. them. You could cram. I, well, I never. If okay. you look, if you look at the Hasbro uh, promo material from the time, yeah, it is kind of funny because they do show Chewbacca in it. He's like really, yeah, yeah, you know, really sticking out. Like they don't have the cockpit closed, and he's like, yeah. right. But I mean, they yeah, fixed that point, with though. later figures. You know, when they yeah, got they you know more realistic sized figures, they fit in there. It's they're they're good, but um, like I said, you know, I never opened the X-Wing or the TIE Fighter and the, the Land Speeders. So I just am grading them on the curve of the vintage ones. One thing I didn't ask, though, um, I didn't mention, the the Falcon did not come with the training remote that the no. uh, vintage one had. Do you think that was a mistake, or do you think that was just something kids lost so quickly anyways didn't matter? <laughs> yes. It saved yeah. everyone. <laughs> Saved everyone the company money and kids fr and collectors frustration. <laughs> you can't you can't lose what you didn't get. You know, and yet yeah. for my vintage one, the only thing I, I really lost I still have the remote for my vintage one. I lost the uh, the false the the false floor that went into it somehow. That was the only thing I really lost. But hmm. Jake, do these vehicles hold up? Oh, yes, they hold up. If you don't say these hold up, then you say the vintage figures uh, versions don't hold up. And these ones are even superior. Stop. Don't eh, bite your tongue. Oh, <laughs> these ones are superior because they can be played with. Everyone's a little bit nervous about playing with your vintage figures. 
um, your vintage vehicles because, you know, tabs will snap and things will break on them. Here, this is a updated, you know, barely updated um, version that you can actually get your hands on and not worry about, you know, destroying. And so I felt that it was a, that they hold up great for that. I mean, most of these vehicles, um, you know, are going to be reissued multiple times. Uh, we're going to get um, we're going to get the X-Wing uh, a few more times. We're going to get um, the Falcon in the original trilogy. I think all of these get released in the original trilogy collection. Right. Um, and so this is th these are molds that are not just relevant in 99. These are going to be relevant for many years after that. So, I mean, have they all been? Updated? I think the only one that didn't get re-released. Is land speeder? the land speeder yeah because yeah. they made a new mold with power in 2002 of force? no uh 2002 they made a new mold yes that's yeah, right yeah. saga yeah so i mean but for the but if you want to really play with the land speeder i mean you're not going to give your kid your vintage one you're going to give the kid this mm -hmm. one and that to yeah. me brings its value up a little bit more you know for being something that holds up absolutely you're gonna it has play value whereas the others are now display value so yeah, I think uh, I think they're all great. And I would shoot when we were at last celebrations, Chicago, and they put the uh, Kenner X-Wing up on the shelf and we knew that they had, were announcing retro figures. I'm like, sweet, we're going to get a retro X-Wing. I was super excited. I want a 2022 version of well, then it would have been a 2017 or 18, whenever that last show was. I want an updated version of a retro vehicle, but. And that never panned out, and I never really did get a solid reason why they decided to picture that retro Falcon, that retro X-wing. So, I think there's a lot of money. I think they could make some money on selling retro vehicles using these molds with the more vintage. Hasbro coloring. seems to be very shy about vehicles and that. Yeah, anymore. and I wonder after reading that uh, that Lucas um, that vintage collection archive book, I wonder if it's lucasfilm that's shy no, about some other no stuff. i think it's i think they don't have access to the molds the same way hasbro has access to the hiss mold that they just pump out over and over and over again when gi joe I, right i yeah yeah but but i'm they just don't... saying that i don't think they have the mold i mean i swear steve sansweet told me a story about how they had to weigh down the harbor in Hong right. Kong. Right, that's with the they, that's with the figure molds, the, but right? but they did, but yeah, the, the the figure molds were all discarded, but the vehicle molds were all safely kept. So they at, at least in the '90s they still yeah. had all these molds. Yeah, because the whole reason they, they did the BMF was because the the Falcon mold broke. Had yeah, worn out. Yeah, that's right. They now. did say it that's broke. Right. Which of right. course, if so, you read the Blue Milk book, there's a little bit more to that. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but where's the uh, the other ones? Or, you know, I mean, here, here's the thing. I guess right now we know that Hasbro plays the reissue game fully. Like, that's their main goal. I mean, you'll watch the Transformers and you'll watch the G.I. Joe and you'll watch the, the Star Wars, you know, live uh, streams. And it's all about, you know, we're bringing out this figure, but we're going to repaint it and give it to this person as an exclusive. So that is their ultimate goal is when they make a new mold, they need to be able to churn out multiples. So... Do yeah. they not see like there's a not there's not a heavy use of an X-wing or a Tie Fighter if they were to make that mold again? I mean, would it be worth a, it for them? A retro X-wing, they could do original trilogy. They could do the Mandalorian. They could do Boba Fett. 
right? They could, but it's been in everything now. They could do Rise not. of Skywalker. Yeah, they could do Rise of Yeah, they could oh. do Rise of Skywalker. But that's all the same X-wing. You just named the three, the same X-wing three <laughs> times. <laughs> Here's Red Five. Rogue on One. Mando Rogue Black. Rogue One. And, and yeah. I, I don't know. All Maybe right. it's it's a retail thing because if you go and and you look at the shelves, there's not a lot of vehicles for for any line really. You know, you, no, you there's not. It's mostly E-Man, action figures. gets them. Remember when you used to be able to go to the store and pick a, like let's see what vehicles they have and like look yeah. through them and see which one you wanted. Oh yeah, like Star Wars. Like back in the yeah. the aughts, you know, you could find like probably fifteen, twenty different vehicles on the shelves all at yeah. once. Yeah, <laughs> they had so many vehicles that they sent them to places like TJ Maxx that then double shrink wrapped two vehicles together and sold yep. them for one low price. You know, um, yes, for sure. But I'm saying it's not impossible because whatever Mattel is doing, they're doing right. Because right now I can go to my Target, which has very little Star Wars, but I can go to my Target and find a Wind Raider, a Land Shark. A you know Battle Cat a you know what's the other vehicle that they have Strider out? Strider is out. Strider, I haven't seen him yet. But you know, I mean, those just sit on the shelves. I mean, they sell, but then they refill. They sell and they refill. Their vehicles are a thing that are possible. That just Star Wars doesn't lean into them like they used to. You know, we didn't talk about it earlier, but do you think Hasbro will put out a new Naboo Starfighter for the Mandalorian? I God, I hope so. Five yeah. years from now. Oh though. my God, I mean, we, Hasbro. When did when did Rogue One come out? Five years ago. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that we just got Blue Leader. So yeah. we're not going to get a modified N one for another five years. Guaranteed. I hope not. I hope you're wrong, Jake. I, Jake, I, I hope, I hope I'm wrong too. I but hope that's it's the pattern. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've said I've said before that uh, I don't think Black Series is can is really the good a good route for Haslab stuff. But I actually think if they did a six-inch scaled uh, Naboo uh, Mandalorian modified fighter, that would be might be a good one. I think that would sell. Yeah, that, that would, would that would that get would that would totally sell. that would get the backing. Now I I I really want it in three and three quarters, and I yes. hope I hope that's on the agenda. It has to be. But I actually think uh, a Haslab Black Series version would do well, much better than the Rancor. Oh yeah, much better. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Final thoughts on Power of the Force Two, the first uh, wave from 1995. Tom, what are your uh, closing thoughts on this line? Uh, great for the time. Did not hold up well at all. Mm-hmm. And then Realism? it was stolen. And then it was stolen. Nope. <laughs> and then I said, "Thank the Lord." You know, it's kind of depressing when you like when you go to like. Uh, like around here, if I go to an antique shop, you just see these like discarded Power of the Force two figures. Well, yeah, I, nowadays it's I just, kind of depressing almost to you know, me. I'm, like I'm ugh. walking right for the nobody wants these. Yeah, I, I walk by these all the time. I mean, I could. Yeah, it, it's like, ugh. but okay. and I I spent so many hours picking up these figures. It is it's insane yeah. to think about it. Weird time. Ryan, what are your uh, final thoughts on this initial burst of Power of the Force 2 1995 products from Kenner? It was so much fun. Um, 
you know, up until that point, like I said, I'd, I'd gotten back into toy collecting probably 93, 94. I'd been doing Jurassic Park and Batman and got really heavy into Playmate Star Trek. And, like, I remember um, 94, it was my first season at Toys R Us, and uh, I bought a whole bunch of Star Trek ships all at once. It was so cool to get all that. But I was like, at the same time, I was like, oh, Star Wars stuff would be so cool. And so when that stuff finally hit, it was like, yes, this this is what it's all about. You know, all this other stuff, eh, it's cool. But Star Wars, this is what I've been wanting all this time. And, um, you know, I, I continue to collect a lot of those other lines, but Star Wars was always my primary focus. And I look at it as like it's the beginning of, you know, what's continued. I've continually collected Star Wars since then, I mean, I was collecting a little bit right before that when, you know, things that came out. Yes, Tom's favorite Bendums or Micro Machines or Action Masters and all that stuff that was hitting. But, um, you know, I can look at 95 as like, this is when it started, really. This is when my addiction started and I was buying action figures constantly. Um, and it's crazy to look back that it's been 27 years and I haven't let up. Like, I've bought every figure as it's come out and it's it seems so crazy to do that for 27 years, but um, it was so much fun. And it was for lack of a better term, it was a more innocent time. You know, nowadays we talked about how people are so divided on things and it was less divided. People were just excited to get star Wars toys, even though they were bulked up and muscular and didn't have vintage cards. We were still excited for them. It was so much fun. And, it was just a fun time to collect and none of that stuff, you know, those figures especially aren't really worth much, but who cares? It was just fun uh, to, to get back into that and find Star Wars stuff in the, in the toy store again. Matt, closing thoughts on first wave of power of the force two from 1995. Um, you know, we can talk about all their faults and how they're an embarrassment and not worth anything now and all that. But, you know, at the time we loved them. Uh, you know, those of us that were collecting them, at least. Um, and we're still here. I mean, you know, that never stopped. You know, vintage line stopped. These never did. You know, they just evolved and we're still buying them today. So by any measure, you have to consider them a success. So, uh, you know, I'm glad they came out then because, you know, I've really enjoyed the last 27 years of, you know, collecting. And it's just evolved over time, but this is where, you know, the modern era started. So you gotta, you gotta give it at least, um, credit for that. Chris, if you go back in time and do it all again, would you have picked these up? No, but I will piggyback on Matt's comments about, I am grateful that these existed and they relaunched star Wars action figures because I wouldn't have the figures that I love now if these hadn't come out and you guys hadn't bought them. So thank you for you guys for buying them back then, because I wasn't helping the line survive. You guys were ones setting the foundation for a a collectible line of Star Wars toys that would last for at least 25, coming up on 30 years. And um, yeah, really happy to have those. Jake. Well, I will final thoughts. I will echo my comments from earlier. I think this is the beginning of one of the last great action figure lines period. Um pre pre collector based figure lines. I guess I'll go that route, right? Um these figures you knew that you could find in stores. 
you uh, you know there was no pre-orders back then. Um, the exclusive games were few and far between in the early years. Um, there was always, you know, you would be able to plan your purchases. Hey, I'll buy uh, these couple figures this week. I'll buy these couple figures next week. <laughs> I'll buy that vehicle next month. Right. That that is a concept that is 100 percent gone from collecting. Yeah. And uh, that's a very that's a very sad thing, unfortunately. Um, I, I I appreciate this line immensely because it like uh, you guys said, it's kicked off a 27 year you know, a hobby and passion for me. I mean, I've strived to be complete since this line began. This is the wave, you know. Um, I still have holes in my vintage collection, um, but this is the line where I've like tried super hard not to have holes. And and you know, it's it's. It, I mean, if you think about it, it's fostered this relationship on this call right now. I mean, this is nine years into Galaxy of Toys. You know, we have various websites and pages and, you know, we present at panels and we, you know, write for, you know, magazines and articles and all sorts of things that, you know, it all comes, you know, part of it is because we were all relaunched into this world with these figures. And so I'm very appreciative to this line and I will even go out on the limb and make the highly hot take that I think we should have power of the force three. I think Hasbro should return to a kid friendly kid appropriately priced line of figures that don't have to be super articulated. Like these are not super articulated, but they are figures that uh, have accessories that have vehicles that have play sets that have carrying cases that have mailerways and, you know, a few exclusives here and there, but that's not important because the idea should be to get these figures into kids uh, hands and to collectors hands, and they should be able to, know who the character is and they should tell their allegiance and they should tell whether they're a Jedi or a bounty hunter or a fringe or whatever. And kids born today in a couple of years could pick these figures up and love the story, whether they've watched star Wars or not. I love the toys. So that's my, uh, that's where I would go with this power of the force three, make it happen. Hasbro power of the force three. All right. Um, I look at these figures and there's like, why are there so many? Why did people hoard these? Why are there just <laughs> boxes and boxes of these everywhere? Because we didn't because we didn't know there were going to be more. Right, and I think part of it goes to speculators, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, if I save this and I can sell it in ten years, I'll, you know, the the, the what the saying is, I'll send my kids to college or whatever, right? But I because think at the time, enough, some of those vintage figures were worth it right. as much as a couple hundred dollars. Right. And yeah, but they, I, they were worth nothing compared to what they're worth today. I that's mean, what yeah. I'm saying, yeah. But for me, the reason I was hoarding them and I was getting three of everything was not for speculation, but I finally had control, like – with the vintage stuff, I was a kid. I could get what I could get my grandparents or my mom to get me and missed figures and missed vehicles and lost things and didn't have control. But with this line, I had the control. I could have every figure and I just, and, and, and I wasn't going to have any holes and I, and I'd have multiples. And I think I was for me trying to do what I wished I could have done. Originally for the vintage stuff. Power of the Force Two was overcompensation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything. That's so true. 
everything that I was wronged with in, 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 in my childhood Star Wars collection was going to be righted with this line. And uh, so that's why I, I still have, you know, way more of these figures carded than I have of any other line that came out after. Well, uh, if you also remember, we rhymed to life in 1990s everything was limited edition everything was mm. special everything was collectible i mean this is the beanie baby baby craze era right. this was the this was the baseball cards this was the fancy comic book cover era i mean everything yeah. like toy collectible anything that had a collectible nature to it all of a sudden people went to the extreme right and overproduced and overmade the amount of collectible items to the fact where no one gave a crap. And baseball cards from that era aren't worth anything. And, and you know, these figures aren't worth anything. And Zorro figures aren't worth anything. And G.I. Joe Extreme. And, I mean, these are, yeah. yeah it's not it a, it's an era not a, of overcollection. Yeah. It was and a, yet there are stuff, there the are figures from the 90s that are quite worth quite a bit. I'm into some Jurassic Park groups and, the Jurassic Park and Lost World figures are highly sought after. Some of those are selling for hundreds of dollars on card. It's crazy. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a rarity. That's a rarity. Yes, yes. Whereas, that whereas era, yes, yes. you know what? 2021 has tons of figures that are hundreds of dollars now because, you know, <laughs> it's underproduced or it can't find it or whatever. So, you know, there are always outliers, but this was overall an era of we didn't keep what we had in the 80s or we didn't keep it the way we wanted it and so now we're going to make sure to do that now but unfortunately everyone's playing that game you know yeah and is and uh it does make me a little sad when i like i said with when i saw like earlier like when when you go into a flea market or a vintage or a antique store you just see these dealers with just boxes of these just you know i don't know not it kind of part of me part of me feels a little sad when I see that because I had I, I treasured them so much in in 1995 just to see how they're kind of right. Eh. I, I think, but, I, you know, I think the greatest example is if the bubble pops on NFTs tomorrow, that would be the greatest example of collecting in the 90s. Super big hype, super expensive prices. But then overproduction or not enough buy-in from people and the bubble just goes out. Because, I mean, I mean, right now I'm thinking now, crap, I need to make NFTs of Power of the Force 2 cards and sell them, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know what? My main thought of this line is it's a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yes. That's well, it's, a kid, it's a kid's And a lot line. of good things. It's supposed to be. And as we, as we progress, there's a lot of good things, really good things to come. Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. The Han, the Han was exciting, but the, I think the figures that follow that were never before produced were mm. even more exciting. Yeah. And that will be a story for another show. I'd like to thank uh, everyone for being on the call tonight from IGrewUpStarWars.com. Tom Burgess. Hello. Thanks, Tom. It's like I never left, but I'm going to leave again until you, you know. call me back. Mr. BYZ, Mr. Byzy on YouTube, Brian, thank you. Always a pleasure. It's great to kind of remember that fun time of back in 95 and how much fun it was to get back into collecting Star Wars. It's good times. From this week in StarWars.com, Matt Fox. Thank you, Matt. 
Always fun to hop in the Wayback Machine. Chris, thanks for being on, even though you didn't have, even though you didn't collect these. Thanks for giving your input. Yeah, no, I appreciate being able to share some thoughts about this stuff and hear you guys. I mean, it sounds like it was a fun time to collect, and mm-hmm. I, I just having come into it much much later, it's it's hard. The, the hobby had progressed a lot, and it it's hard to go back to those figures, especially when you don't appreciate that aesthetic. So, but I can appreciate the experience you guys all had. And, um, in, in some ways, a little envious of that. So what I'd like to do nowadays is recollect all that gas money. I blew (laughs) (laughs) or actually the gas that I blew. Okay. Here's, here's something I don't know if I confess to, but I bought, I think so the Princess Leia figure I found the first one at retail and then I didn't find another one for I couldn't find another one tried and tried and I think I bought a second one and I can't be positive of this but I think I might have paid like 40 bucks for a second one Whoa <laughs> Yeah wow true confessions That is that is true dedication Yeah what? I wish I I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but I, I feel like that happened. Wow. It like probably did. did. Well, it makes perfect sense. And yeah, was because I was, yeah. I was panicked. I was just panicked. It was that the I hype. Have, yeah. I was panicked that I wouldn't have one to open and one to keep on card. Well, and early internet because rumors that fast. So it yeah, like... because the rumor was, I mean, who knows? There's probably a lot of rumors, but yeah. one of the rumors I heard was that, Carrie Fisher was not happy with the likeness, yeah. and that's why they weren't going to make any more. Right, and right. I, remember. I was going to be damned if I was not going to have at least two of every figure. How the hell did we learn about all these rumors? I mean, the internet right. is still in its infancy. How did we learn about this stuff? I would go like I didn't have in '95. I did not have internet access, but my parents did, and I, I lived. I was going to school in a different state than they lived in. So when like on Thanksgiving or whatever, I'd be at my parents' house. I would get on their internet and yeah. and read like message boards. Must I have been message um, boards. Mm-hmm. And I remember there people com- in the aisles talking about talking rumors about oh yeah I heard yeah. blah 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 or, you know yeah was, and then yeah. there was like you know Action Figure Digest yeah. and uh, oh absolutely that's a that's a great magazine Toy Fair Action Figure Digest and uh, Lee's Lee's Lee's, yeah. uh, Lee's, Lee's Action Toy Figure News Jake, yeah. Toy Jake I got most yeah. of my figures at Action City Comics in Federal Way absolutely Jim oh, Jim yeah. stocked those he had those same He's, figures though. For literally 22 they're years. Still, they're still there. Oh, uh, okay, he 100%. sold his business before I moved here. He sold his business to his brother. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. His brother now runs it. And and as he was selling it, he tried to clear clear out all of those Power of the Force There's no way he could have. For like $2 each. He had yeah. bins of them for there sale. Was, I don't know. He had so much stock, it was ridiculous. I think, yeah. I think uh, uh, Toy Stable at the last uh, Washington State Toy Show was flipping them for two for five, I think. Two for five for Power of the Force 2. I mean, people yeah. just, look, those figures were so produced. Yeah. So yeah. produced. Yeah. Well, wasn't it a couple of years ago they started rising in value a little they bit? Did a little bit, yeah. And I think what I, happened is as soon as they started rising in value, all a whole other wave of people started trying to dump them. Exactly. Right, <laughs> exactly. Right. Because I was curious because I hadn't looked in a while. So I was on eBay today just looking at prices, seeing what what's going on with them. And – 
like i that same that same leia that i paid like 40 bucks for in 1995 was it's like 4.99 plus like $3 shipping and if that like, was any any toy line i'd say 3 years prior or 3 years post you could probably get close to 40 bucks for it as a sealed yeah. example but just yeah. not that time frame right. not, not that one yeah. well we're looking at this stuff with uh you know modern eyes now i guess uh, for lack of a better right. description you know and I, I do think i do think we're lucky we most of us here who collected this line who also collected vintage we're lucky because we got to live in both worlds right as kind of you know that fun collecting age right i mean i i i, I like to say that i was ideal for the vintage line because i grew up with it right uh, being born in 76, right? I mean, I literally grew up with Star Wars. And then by the time Power of the Force hit, I was still, I mean, I was like 18. I was still a kid, you know, ish, and got to actually still have these fun toys. And we're all kind of close to the same age, except Tom. He's yeah. like, I think, 85, 86, <laughs> 85 or 86. You jerk. Okay, Matt's a little older. But for the most part, we got to love both of these eras in kind of their purest form. Like if I was coming into toy collecting now, man, it's not even close to the fun that was exhibited in both of those past lines. Right. If you were just coming into it now, like it's hard to think like if I had, if you're just starting now, like let's say it's 2022 this year, I'm going to start collecting star Wars toys. Ugh. It's like, where would you really start? I imagine. Oh, Right. You might start. I think maybe people would start with the Black Series. Or, well, it depends yeah. on who you are. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay, these things came out at least for me, my mid twenties. If you're in your mid twenties now, that means you were a kid for Clone Wars, right? You know. So, is there going to be? You know, we've always been wondering: Are they going to go back and want to buy up all the old Clone Wars toys? See, that's well, Cad Bane that would Clone Wars stuff is very expensive. I'm saying Cad Bane would be a yeah. great figure right now to someone who was a kid during Clone Wars, right? But when's when's the when are we going to see a Cad Bane figure? Two years from now? When are uh, you going to be able to buy one? Does later this happen? week, we'll see well, one. Yeah, we'll tell us we'll see it again. We'll see a digital rendering. I pre-order it. And again, here, let me. I, I put this on the website or I put this on my social medias. Make sure, guys. Like, I have a credit card, or not a credit card, my debit card expires in November of this year, okay? If I pre-order a Boba Fett that drops in February of next year, which they said was the pre-order date or the ship date for it, Walmart has no way to change your payment option. So you guys got to be careful. You got to make sure you check your credit cards when you're pre-ordering a year out to make sure when it's Walmart. There is no change in it. They tell you to cancel your order and rebuy it, and we all know that's not an option two, three months from now, right? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, you know, the other thing I remember that with the 90s is I, I don't know, remember if you guys did this, but, you know, an, an actual toy run and not just like you go to a couple stores, but I remember like going down to Olympia and driving practically up to the Canadian border. And oh, yeah. like hitting every oh, yeah. Target, every Walmart, every yeah. Oh, yeah. along the way, and you would find stuff. You would find, you know, stuff mm -hmm. you didn't have, new stuff, and and all that. And like nowadays, it's like you, you don't even want to go to like, like yesterday. Uh, Logan and I went on what you might call a toy run. It, he just loves to go to the stores. You know, we went to Everett, we went to Walmart and Target and Bobacon, and 
you know, we didn't buy much, not that I was looking for much, you know, but, uh, it, it was so different back then. Like you could go on these whole journeys and just, and you'd always find stuff and it was a blast. And nowadays it's mostly disappointment. You know, you walk into a store, right. like, same you'd, old, same you'd, old. You'd sit around and think, okay, what Walmart is probably the least trafficked? <laughs> yes. What, what Target would, you know, what Target would probably have this place? Further away uh, from the freeway. Stuff, yeah. The furthest yeah. away, the better. Yeah. Yeah. And this is yeah. so, and this is all done and navigated without Google Maps, without a cell phone, without anything. It's you trying to use the phone book to see where right. targets are or where WalMarts are. Yeah. I remember yeah. I drove to Centralia multiple times, and that's oh. like a two-hour drive from here. So that was a great I mean, Walmart to go to, yeah. Right. And so it was all done without BrickSeek and without the internet. No, it was, it, was had, a, it was a serious, had, it was an honest Walmart, to God toy run. You had Walmart, you had Target, you had KB, you had service merchandise, you had yeah. so many more Kmart. There were so many more places. Toys R Us. No. Toys R Us, right. of course. Well, I lived in Nashville. There was like also a service merchandise. Yeah. 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 That was a great story. I mean, I had a lunch run that was a service merchandise, a couple KBs, uh, a couple Sears. Toys R Us. Yeah. F.A.O. Schwartz, Schwartz, Penny's, F.A.O. Schwartz, Schwartz, when you went to Seattle. Um, That was lots more places to go to. Yeah, Rite Aid Aid was a gold mine. Rite Aid. It was always more expensive, but you could find stuff there. Oh, yeah. Oh, Playmates, Star Trek figures. I hit every Rite Aid possible to find those figures. From here to Port Port Angeles, baby, I'd hit every (laughs) one of them. Um, You also remember that, you know, we're just dealing with the first wave here. But by the time I started working at Toys R Us, Ryan was a little before me. When I started working at Toys R Us in 97, it was like clockwork. Toys R Us would get a wave first. Walmart would then get the next wave. Uh, Target would get the next wave. And then it would come back to Toys R Us. It's like they were able to bid on different waves and get them first. And so that was another thing that you would have to start to like try to call your buddies. Like, hey, did you hit Walmart? Do they have X, Y, and Z? Because Toys R Us doesn't have anything, you know. So you could start to predict when figures were coming in based on what company was going to get them next. That became uh, that became a technique I used pretty successfully. Well, you know, people complain about exclusives today, which I mean, there's a ton of it. But you remember doing exclusives back in the in like '97, and like all those 12-inch exclusives and all the, the 12-inch line was insane. Yes. And you couldn't order them online. Like there was a service merchandise exclusive, and we lived up here. There's no service merchandise. Yeah. I literally had my cousin who lived in the Midwest, like, pick it up for me, you know, go into a store and find it for me. We had a J.C. Penney's exclusive, you know, um, with the Greedo and that, that Luke, yep. Air, the Obi-Wan and Vader electronic ones. And, you know, well, was, finding like, all those. had an exclusive every year. Yes. Yeah. All, the, all, the, all the problems that we have Penny. now were we had in the 90s with yes. the action collection and collector series. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, it was a pain. Uh, Walmart was my worst one because I didn't really have a Walmart near where where I lived or worked. And so, like, when those Cantina band members came out, uh, somebody yeah. had to, somebody picked up all six for me. Like, I I had no Walmarts to go to anywhere near me. And uh, if, getting all the, making sure I got all six. And, like, today I look at the prices and, like, really? Like, the one I really remember is that Luke and Stormtrooper uh, KB set. Yeah. That was, like, the hardest one to get. I got it through a news group online because I was posting all the time about stuff at Toys R Us and that. 
and uh, somebody selected me to be able to buy it. But I never, ever saw that set in a store. And I was and again, that's one of those things like I look at the prices on those like you've got to be kidding me. That stuff was harder than heck to get. And yet, you know, they sell for less than retail or something now. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. We had a guy come into Toys R Us and tried to get the whole staff fired because we all wanted a Han and Tauntaun in 12 inch. And that was a Toys R Us exclusive, super hard to find. You know, stores got only a couple cases. And so the first couple cases went into the employee office because there were so many collectors in that store. We all wanted one. And so there was none for the floor. Well, this guy walked by the office once and saw them all up there and said, well, I want to buy one of those. And they're like, sorry, sir, you can't. And he complained big time to the manager and he pulled us all in and said, you guys need to buy this stuff or otherwise we're not doing this and you can't work here. And so, <laughs> oh, yeah, that haunted that Han and Tauntaun almost broke me <laughs> like that, that, that that like that like killed my spirit for a while. Oh, that yeah. was that was something. But yeah, I remember seeing stacks of those in the store. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. Uh, pretty early on. I, I, by the time like 97 came about, we I mean, we had a number of collectors early on when I was working at Toys R Us. By the time we got to like 97, there was like me and maybe two other people in the store who were who were regular collectors. And and the other two didn't buy every Star Wars item. So um, we we tended to get more and more out to the floor. I mean, people complained about, you know, employees buying stuff, but. I was very cognizant of that. I tried to represent Toys R Us. In fact, I almost got fired for it um, in that I was trying to post positive things online about, you know, what we do and everything. And uh, my rule was if I bought something, something had to go on the floor, too. I, I always had that that rule there because I didn't think it was completely fair that I, you know, get stuff right off the truck and, you know, nothing went on the floor. So I really tried to push that, make sure stuff goes to the floor as well as, you know, on my hold bin. And I always bought my hold stuff. Uh, on payday but uh, see and i was the opposite we did not get an employee discount the only oh, no, thing you had at like working at toys r us was getting or? first dibs off the truck so i took full advantage i unloaded the truck half the time so wow wow toys or jake huh <laughs> <laughs> nice all right from forlom to <laughs> jake stevens thank you jake Thank you. And gentlemen, if you have any questions for Hasbro, I'll be chatting with the brand team later this week after their Wednesday live stream. So send me your questions. Mm. Are there going to be any pre-orders for anything before 2023? What's going on with that Indiana Jones collection? Ooh, that's a good it's question. Oh, yeah. um, I, think, I, think Steve, uh, I think Steve Evans is in charge of that. So That's a good thing. Uh, I know. I think he's the Marvel Indiana Jones guy. Ask if ask if Steve Evans is going to be coming back to the Star Wars team. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this will be the first time. Ask we've Patrick seen... what the next uh, Haslab's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he, he usually tells me whether he wants to or not. Um, yeah, the, I just uh, I think I posted this a couple of days ago to you guys. Uh, I just added up my pre-sales that I currently have out there and open. Eighteen hundred dollars in pre-sales. Over the next year is what I can. And it's all going to ship the day before Christmas oh, or the, the week before Christmas, like usual. I have more than that in Hot Toys pre-orders alone. but <laughs> Oh, I don't doubt it. Well, I'm not even a completist on Black Series. I think the, only three of those are Black Series. So someone that does Black Series and Vintage Collection, my Vintage Collection alone is twelve, almost 1300 And that's one of each. So 
So if someone did one of each of the black series, like they probably got five grand easy pre-sold. Did you check along the railroad tracks in Los Angeles? Right. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. That's where our razor crests are gonna end up. <laughs> oh, don't don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Um. All right, for Galaxy of Toys, this is Jason saying good night, but not goodbye. Just one more round, friend. Then a homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend The nights get shorter, it seems Just one more rhyme, friend Yes, it's a crime, friend But you know time, friend Time can fly So it's good night, friend Good night, but not goodbye